and welcome to the Cult Cinema Circle podcast. My name is Jesse, and I'll be your host. So on today's episode, we're going to go to Mass over at St. Bernard's Academy. We're going to go play a rousing game of light as a feather, stiff as a board with our, you know, new friends. And then also we're going to go invoke the spirit of like a fake deity and just, you know, try to rule the world. But anyway, regardless of that, today's episode, we're going to be covering 1996's The Craft. Now, I can't do this episode alone, uh, mainly because uh, I myself am not a female, and I think this movie is very female-centric, and I wanted to get a perspective on that. So, I have one of your favorite previous guests of my show. That's right, she's been on Cruel Intentions, she was on uh, Clueless, and she was also on Days to Confuse. She is my brother from another mother, but actually my sister from my same mother, I guess. She is Sarah Heidelberg. Hey, Sarah, how are you doing today? I'm doing good. That's good. Um, so we're here at her home, you know, uh, recording as we do sometimes. And, uh, you know, the dog's here. I hope she's going to be good. She's sleeping right now, which is very cute. But, and also, you know, if you hear any children, listen, that's just the way of the world, okay? We can't do anything about that. I'm not going to be the mean old lady at the, you know, the house. But anyway, uh, my history, though, with this film, I would say, we'll both talk about this. My history with this film is that I saw it when I was a kid. It came out when we were children, pretty much. I honestly don't know how I came across watching it. It was either on television, maybe, perhaps, or maybe we just were able to rent it from Blockbuster. I don't know. But I definitely remember seeing it because I remember the end and being like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> What do you think? I think our mom watched it. Uh, okay. Clearly, as all these movies seem, seem to stem. Yes. I, and I don't know if it was on TV or if, if we did rent it and watched it that yeah. way or if it just was on TV mm-hmm. and we watched it. But I do remember being a couple years old and, and watching it. Yeah, um, yeah. You know, being between the ages of probably like six, seven, eight. Exactly. Watching, yeah. And I would have been younger, but like I still remember seeing it in our, our old, old house we had back in the day, yeah. back in the 90s. But, uh, you know, but I do think that this... 30-some years ago. Exactly. Oh, my God. Jesus, we're old. But anyway, I think with, like, this film in particular, I would say it's definitely considered a cult classic. You know, not all of it works. Um, You know, we'll talk about it. But I will give this movie some kind of credit for at least being something that was... A little bit more original. It's an original tale. Um, you know, it was written by men, though, which it's supposed to be a female story, but it's written by men, but whatever. Sometimes that can work out, and sometimes it doesn't. <laughs> but I give it the originality. You know, it was about witches. It's about, you know, that kind of stuff. So that's cool. Yeah, I would say definitely this is a cult classic. It seemed to do well in terms of um, financials because, you know, it was definitely geared towards teens. We'll also talk about that, too. But I think, you know, why not, why not cover it? Let's, let's do that. And plus also right now it is streaming places, so you can very easily watch it. It was on Tubi a minute ago and, uh, you know, all that. So I just think it's my obligatory The Craft episode on our good old podcast about cult cinema stuff. <laughs> but, but as we do normally on this show, we were going to talk about, you know, some of the production history of the movie. We'll talk a little bit about, you know, just some of, how this movie came to be. We'll then move into a uh, plot summary and all that. So without further ado, we'll get to some of these figures of the movie. So the craft was released on May 3rd, 1996. 
It had an estimated budget of about $15 million. Again, this is coming from IMDb, so take that with whatever you want. The box office for this film was about, in the U.S. and Canada, uh, we're looking at about $24,819,936 that's posted. An international box office, we're looking at about $30 million, uh, $30 million pretty much. And then we're looking at about a gross worldwide of like $55 million pretty much. So this film, with all, in all intents and purposes, did do fairly well financially. I think because it was targeted towards teens, uh, that we eat it up. We're looking at a 57% on Rotten Tomatoes, on Tomato Meter, and a 65% audience score. Looking at an IMDb score of 6.4 out of 10, and a letterbox score of 3.6 out of 5. We're then looking at our cast of characters. We have Robin Tunney as Sarah Bailey, Farooza Balk as Nancy Downs, Nev Campbell as Bonnie Harper, Rachel True as Rochelle Zimmerman, Skeet Ulrich as Chris Hooker, <laughs> Hooker. Um, Cliff DeYoung as Mr. Bailey, uh, Robin Tunney's dad, Christine Taylor as Laura Lizzie, Brady Bunch movie, hey. Uh, Brecken Meyer as Mitt, one of, uh, Ski Ulrich's friends. Trey, uh, is played by Nathan, uh, Marston. Helen Shaver as, uh, Grace Downs, who I believe is, uh, the mother of Feruza Balk, Nancy. Mm-hmm. Uh, Lyria is played by Assumpta Serna. The street preacher, which is a nice way of saying the homeless man with the uh, snake, is William Newman. And then we have Dr. And I'm totally ripping this off from another podcast, but we have Dr. Uh, Desperate Housewife, uh, Brenda Strong is the doctor, um, who does that thing on, um, what's her name? Bonnie. Bonnie. So okay. yeah, she's, she's Dr. Uh, Desperate Housewife because she's on Desperate Housewives. Oh. So some critical response because we have for the craft are as follows. We have, um, David Stratton, uh, from At the Movies in Australia, so down under, saying it's a depressingly mundane affair which can't make up its mind whether it's a comedy or a teen romance or a horror thriller. Okay. We then have Brandon Collins from Medium Popcorn that says the effects are obviously a bit rough around the edges and the acting is very mixed. Uh, that's fair. And then we got our boy Trace Thurman from the Horror Queers and also Bloody Disgusting, who he uh, has editorials there, who states uh, masquerades as a female empowerment film, despite prioritizing the toxicity that can be rampant in groups of friends, female or otherwise. Uh, if you also want a great podcast on uh, this episode or on this movie, uh, go check out Horror Queers. They talked about this film and they did a really good job of it. So I have definitely listened to it. Before we move into any kind of plot summary about the craft in particular, I just wanted to go over some information about how this movie exactly came to be. Uh, this is also directed uh, by Andrew Fleming, who we have done an episode on one of his other films, which was Dick back in 1999. Oh, okay. Um, he directed that. He directed this. Uh, it was also, I believe, co-written by, I believe Douglas Wick was the producer. And then we had, yeah, we have the screenplays by Peter Filardi and Andrew Fleming. And then we have Douglas Wick as the producer. Uh, also one of the other producers is Lisa Tornell. Um, she's a co-producer on this. And she actually was one of the people involved in Jawbreaker. All my episodes all come back to that movie. I'm just saying. But anyway. But before we move into anything, like I said, we're going to go over how this movie actually came to be. So... According to my wonderful Wikipedia, um, <laughs> the concept for the craft came out from a collaboration between the producer, Douglas Wick, 
who wanted to create a film about the high school experience blended with witchcraft, and this screenwriter, Preeta Favarti, who extensively researched the topic and wrote the initial draft of the film. Uh, Andrew Fleming then was hired to direct and produce the final version of the screenplay, and he also was probably instrumental within writing it um, as well. And keeping in mind, too, that he is also a gay man as well. So this is from, you know, being directed by a gay man is always great, you know, depending on how you feel about it, I guess. So Pat, uh, production actually did enlist the help of a real-life Wiccan by the name of Pat Devon to help be an on-set advisor for this film, which is nice. So Manal is actually not real, thank God, because <laughs> this lady was like, we should not be invoking actual real spirits, so let's make one up for the film. Right. Because um, <laughs> you don't Smart. need, like, exactly. Uh, she wrote the incantations used, and she ensured that the treatment of the Wicca subject matter was as accurate and respectful as possible um, that they could do. I will also put to rest any kind of ugly rumors. Not really ugly rumors, but... So Feruza Balk, obviously, is a standout in this movie. She's very much just, like, her character's unhinged at some point. But I think people have said, like, oh, she herself is a practicing Wiccan, and that's why this was so deep for her. I think she has even said that she herself actually was not really a Wiccan. She just happened to actually buy... I think after the movie or whatever, she bought an occult shop in the LA area that she owned pretty much. And then Mm -hmm. she ended up selling to the people who are already running it. So I think that was kind of the major thing she did. I don't think she herself was like deep into Wicca or anything, but anyway, in regards to casting, a bunch of people were seen uh, for this film. So 85 other actresses screen rest, screen tested for the roles, including apparently Angelina Jolie. Okay. Fair. Scarlett Johansson. And apparently Alicia Silverstone. But then Rachel True and Faruza Balk were the first to be cast in their respective roles. Faruza Balk coming from Return to Oz, which is on Disney Plus if you want to watch it. It's a continuation of the Oz story. It's just creepier. And Rachel True is from uh, the show Half and Half back in the 90s, 2000s. She also is in um, the movie Embrace of the Vampire, which is a low-budget horror movie from the 90s. It was right around this time. But also was in Nowhere with Greg Araki, uh, with his little film camp that he had. And apparently she sells tarot cards and, like, does that stuff, which is really cool. We'll talk about Rachel True a little bit. But I will say also, with the casting of Rochelle in particular, this was rewritten for uh, this movie when Rachel True was cast. Because initially this person was not... um, Rochelle was not somebody who was going to be dealing with racism. It was more so an eating disorder. And she does talk about this in a documentary called Horror Noir, which is on Shudder right now. And if you can watch it, please do. It talks about black representation in horror films, really gives you a history on films in general with black representation. And it's very interesting. I would definitely highly recommend it. But she's on it too. And she talks a little bit about her experience as an actress and having done the craft and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, that was... We'll talk about just how we kind of feel about it a little bit, too, in regards to the Rachel True subplot in this as well. Robin Tooney was initially cast as Bonnie, but uh, the producers decided she'd be better off as Sarah. Hey, Sarah. <laughs> and she persuaded to, which she persuaded to accept despite uh, preferring Nev Campbell in that role. So they just switched, it seemed like. Okay. And, uh, That's a good choice having I do too. Robin Tooney be Sarah. Yeah, I, I agree. I definitely agree. And then, of course, everybody knows 
pretty much everyone knows, I feel like. Robin Tunney was in a movie before this called Empire Records, which is a fantastic movie, and I would love to cover it at some point, and probably will. But um, I, uh, <laughs> she had shaved her head for that role, where she plays this like kind of gothy on the brink sort of suicidal like uh employee at empire records Mm -hmm. and she literally shaved her head for it so in this film which was shot afterward she is wearing the only wig that's not very good apparently there's a full wig throughout this whole thing um so that's definitely something that people have criticized but you know what wig technology has gotten better well i was looking at the trivia earlier just because i think i said this in previous podcast Normally if I watch a movie, whether I've seen it a bunch or mm-hmm. I, it's a movie that's kind of older, I don't want to say older, but like it's a movie that is known that sometimes you just don't ever get around to seeing it. And, yeah. you know, with all these streaming services, like you're able to watch it. So sometimes when I watch a movie and it's something that's been out for a while that I can do the trivia, right. or I, I'll read the spoilers or trivia stuff just to see if you know fun things or where it was shot at. And um, I just read, like, mm-hmm. when I was catching up on it watching it like i just looked at the trivia it was like the first thing i had no idea yeah and i just recently so i've i've watched the craft since i watched it in the 90s for sure absolutely um a couple times since then of course um <laughs> actually funny enough uh probably about two or three years ago i found a shirt mm-hmm. a craft shirt it was at spencer's or something yeah I'm not wearing it. Um, no, because I like our previous podcast that we did. I was all clueless out. Yes, but I do actually. Funny enough, have a um, uh, a shirt. I think it says "We're the Weirdos" or something. Cause yeah, that's like yeah. The line they say in the movie. Um, unfortunately, I think I got a little bleach on it, which makes me sad. Oh no! Because you know, like with bleach, like if you wear something black, it'll turn like a, like mm. a reddish, like orange color. Yeah. So I think it's upstairs in um one of my dressers. And anyway, so that's kind of like off. Topic seven, That's but fine. I do have a, a craft shirt just because I was like, "Oh, it's cool." Oh, no. It's like it's like the kind of like the if you've ever seen the DVD cover, it's kind of like mm-hmm. that where it's like all four girls walk in. Yeah, that's just, I think it says that. So, but anyway, I I had seen craft a wet bunch, but I actually just in the past I would say two years I just recently watched Empire Records. Oh yeah, um, I heard it was good and it was one two B yes. or one of the streaming services it was, yeah. and. Actually, funny enough, I think it was the same day, or like, like I watched one one day and one the other, or it was the same day I watched Empire Records and Mermaids because I'd never seen those. Oh, right, right, right. And good old I heard about them, but I never watched them. So I actually watched Empire Records and was like, "This is a really cool movie." And yeah. so um, I knew Robin Tunney from The Craft, and then seeing yes. her in uh, Empire Records, well, yeah, hey, you know. yeah. But I did not know that um, they. Apparently this was like post production or something or whatever it was that she was her head was like I guess her hair was still growing back yeah 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 all that so I had no idea that this hair was a wig it was a wig 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 and of course I'm sorry when you're like five six seven you're, you're not caring about the wigs like that right it's not until you're older you're like oh that was a well wig. there is a part which you'll get into that Christine Taylor wears a wig. Yeah, Ooh, that, that. but that looks like a wig. Ooh, that's a wig, bitch. That's a wig. Yeah, we'll talk about so, it. Yeah. And then, of course, this movie is very squarely in Los Angeles, so much yeah. so, like Jesus Lord. Um, it takes place in there, so um, I will say it's definitely an LA movie for sure. Um, so much of that, but yeah, I'm trying to think of what else there would be. Do you have any other like little fun facts you can think of mm. about this film that we can talk about? So yeah, generally some guy wanted to make a movie about witches in the high school and this is what came about it. 
<laughs> Not really, honestly. I mean, I didn't really look up too many fun facts. The only other thing I thought of mm-hmm. was, and not realizing it, because for some reason, I think I thought this movie came out like 97 or 98. I know, right? Um, but uh, when I saw Skeet, Ulrich, and mm-hmm. Neff Campbell, we yeah. all know that they were in Scream together. Yep. And when you were saying the dates, like this came out, this came out before. Mm hmm. Yep. A couple months before, because didn't Scream come out around Christmas? Yes. Yes, it did. Because I was like, because when you were saying that, I was going to say something, but I figured I'd wait. That's the only thing, is them kind of being... It seems so weird to me, where I'm just like... craft together. Is that, yeah. Although, they're not really playing too much together as they were in Scream. No. But them kind of reuniting for them. Yeah. Oh, and also Brecken Meyer. Yes, from Clueless from and Clueless. Freddy's I, Dead and all that. I, uh, when he came on... Um, it was kind of one of those things where, like, I forgot he was actually in it until he came up. And yeah. he, he doesn't have, like, a major role. He's got yeah. a very, very side role, just kind of play, playing, like, almost like a jester, almost. I yeah. feel like that. He's, he's like an kinda, asshole, yeah. yeah. Kind of playing like a jerk. And, um, but I totally forgot that he was in this movie, and then it came mm-hmm. up, and I'm like, oh, hey, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and then also. literally just, I, hit this, I think this was probably the year after Clueless. Oh, it was, like, right, right after. They still look the same. Yeah. yeah, what's crazy about the whole thing with, um, Skeet and Nev, so... You gotta think that, like, I believe, and not that I would know this, because I wasn't, you know, I was, I was alive in this time, but, I mean, I was a child, so I'm not gonna remember this. Not to cut you off, but I just thought about this. <laughs> so, if they did Scream together, uh-huh. and that was what it was, and then they did this movie together, mm-hmm. I don't know how movies, like, really work. Like, could they have, like, shot Scream first, or was this something, <laughs> or was this kind of, like, intertwined? Where... Yeah, I'll tell you how that works. Okay. So... Uh, because I just thought about it because I just was like, okay, listen, right. listen to my screen episode. Um, but shout uh, out, shout out, but uh, one of my earlier episodes. But the way it was is that, uh, famously, this was, um, Scream was shot at the beginning of 1996 in January okay. or something like that. So they probably already had the craft in the can by the time they were shooting this, or by the time that this was Scream was coming out, this had already been shot pretty much so, so pretty, you would yeah. say maybe this um this was probably shot in 1995 i was just about to say that yes yeah so probably literally like um where scream was going in 1996 exactly so it was probably it was like right after right I mean, 95 96 yeah they were, yeah exactly so they were probably oh, okay. shooting scream in 1996 in the beginning they had already probably shot the craft in 95 sometime okay and, you know, that's how that works. That I wasn't able to find, like, what dates they actually shot this during, but uh, generally that's what I would think. A funny one that you may um, not know, and I, I think it was Urban Legend I talked about it on, or it was that or Jawbreaker, I don't remember which, but you know how Rebecca Gayhart is in... Also, Rebecca Gayhart just comes up in my podcasts as well, but because uh, I love her. But, uh, so... The Urban Legend movie was shot after Jawbreaker, but it came out before Jawbreaker, which is crazy. So it was shot after Jawbreaker, but it mm-hmm. came out before Jawbreaker. Yep. That's so true. how that worked was that spring of 98 is when they did Jawbreaker. That's when they shot it in LA. Right. And then in April of 19... 19- so you that was your first episode. I know, right? It really is. I know, but like, uh, but then uh, in August of 90... Or no, sorry, April of 98, that's when they shot... Um, the urban legend in Canada, and that movie came out in literally September of '98. Huh. Oh my god, the pre-production of that—it was, or no, sorry, the post-production of that is just like they just had to go, go, go because they were shooting for a time in you know the fall time to release it. So 
I was like, damn, that's that's great. But that's why, like, for example, Rebecca Gayhart's hair in Jawbreaker isn't her normal hair that she had. So they straightened her shit for Jawbreaker, like, every fucking morning or whatever. That makes sense because she's curly haired. She has curly haired, right. And she doesn't have it as much now, but, like, yeah. And then in Urban Legend, if you listen to my episode on it, because it came from the documentary that they have on the Blu-ray, the Screen Factory Blu-ray, there were hair conversations that they had with her. Because she pretty much had to tell them, like, listen, like, they didn't want her to have her curly hair because they thought it would give away um, stuff at the end. You still haven't seen this movie, so, like, I can't just tell you unless I spoil it. But anyway, um, they didn't want it to give away stuff. And anyway, but it really doesn't. And she had to remind them, like, well, I, you know, won't be able to really be on set for, like, a good hour and a half or two hours because you're going to have to, like, straighten my hair (laughs) So that kind of gave them the point of like, oh, maybe we'll just let you keep your hair then. And they did. So. And they shaved it for Jawbreaker. And they shaved it for Jawbreaker. So probably what's funny is that she probably knew that after having done that, since she just did that movie, like, right before. So she probably was like, well, I mean, if you just let me keep my hair as it normally is and have me not sit in a seat for two hours, right? right. I, you know, so. It's a whole thing. We're going to get Sarah to watch Jawbreaker at some point. I don't know when. Or no, um, she's going to watch Urban Legend at some point. I don't know when. Watch Jawbreaker. Uh, we're going to... I'm going to make it happen. Maybe after the pod. But I'm looking real quick. I do not know when they shot this goddamn movie. I would say it was in 1995. Somewhere in there. You know, that's what happened with that. But yeah, I mean... And then I guess we could also talk about just like some of the legacy of this movie as well. Because there is a little bit of that. You know, it's very much a movie that people kind of have this idea about or whatever. Um, it has this fan base of people and it has social media presence and all of that, which is which is wonderful and fun. But I think generally, I think this movie really, you know, I don't know, for... I will say some stuff about it where I'm like, ooh, some of this doesn't always work anymore. And I will touch on this because I think it's important to touch on. I think with the treatment of... This movie in particular, I think, is not one that is... (laughs) It is not a movie about sisterhood whatsoever. Um, I don't know if people sometimes think that it is, but it really isn't. Um, Generally, it's just that this girl who comes from a really bad situation is leeching off of this other girl who's in a, you know, emotionally unstable situation in a way... Um, and that's what that whole thing is. There's really not a whole lot of sisterhood going on, except like, oh, hey, I guess we'll like be friends with you so we can get what we want. But really, Nancy's the major villain of the movie, and she's using yeah, for sure. she's using Sarah to to get what she wants. And then when Sarah's like, hey, no, I don't want to do this anymore. I think we've gone too far. You know, they kind of throw her aside, but then they get theirs in the end. But anyway, so... I think there's that. This movie's not a whole lot about sisterhood, I don't think. I also think just the treatment of, like I said, I think Rochelle's storyline, it's interesting that they changed it to be racism um, after they cast Rachel True. I think Rachel True's a perfectly good actress in this. The treatment of her after this film is not the best. And what I mean by that is that I don't... I think it's because racism is a con- as just a construct in general in our society is so ingrained in our history and ingrained in our systems and it's a systematic 
global issue that's going on and everything like that. Um, you know, just because you torture you know, racist Marsha Brady, it's not going to cure racism, obviously, which we don't think it is, I guess. But, you know, anyway, I think everyone in this movie gets what they deserve generally um, right. for being pieces of shit. But I will say after the fact, so for example, like just some of the ways, like even on Amazon, for example, saying like, I was, it's on, um, it's been on Amazon and AMC Plus sometimes, and you can watch it and everything. And even on there, like, I saw under the supporting characters or the supporting actors was Rachel True. And I was like, that's fucked up. She's one of the lead actresses. But on Amazon is being shady and calling her a supporting actress. She's not a supporting actress. She's a lead actress in this. These four girls are leads. They're the four people. They're the four people who this story is about. So for... Some of these streaming services to kind of especially have that, again, maybe, I don't know. It's just that kind of a thing. Her not being invited to some of the conventions in the past, which is bullshit because even she has said, like, yo, like, I would absolutely do that. It's not like she's doing a whole lot else. It's not like she has some TV show she's on or whatever. Absolutely, she could be doing this. But for her to be left out of that is completely fucked up. I also read that she was, I think when she shot this, she was, like, almost 30. Absolutely, yeah. And the rest of the people were more teenage age. Mm, I argue with that, I, I don't yeah. Say teenage age, but, um... They were younger than her. Like, younger, but they were, like, in their, like, early 20s, and she was old. She was older. And then people even, like, I think her agents even were kind of like, eh, you know, we'll try and whatever and all that. But she still looks good. I mean, shit, she was booking. I mean, I didn't think that she didn't look like a high school. Oh, no, they I think all, she, they all looked. They all looked that they were, um. They all looked like they're in their 20s, but with what we were doing, it's not like she looked super older than right. the way I look at it. But, yeah, just some of her treatment, I think, I is think just there's actors out there that, like, probably do look older and it's like that probably wouldn't be the smartest to cast but like then there's people that just look younger mm-hmm. yeah they can get away with it they can get away with it and they did so you know but i think her treatment after the fact um it's just been really fucked up because i absolutely think like rachel true would be great at a horror convention and there's no excuse for not inviting her when you're having people from the craft that would be like oh we're just gonna leave off fucking i don't know we're just gonna leave off like this integral person from Scream. That would be, like, something being like, oh, we're just not gonna have, like, fucking... I don't know. Like, Jamie Kennedy or something. I don't know. Like, just somebody who you're like... Obviously, all of them came together with horror conventions for Scream 5. Um, a lot of the horror conventions were having all of these casts except for Rose McGowan. But everybody else was going to the same conventions to help promote this movie and all that kind Is of super fandom. She herself isn't all that interested in Hollywood. Oh, okay. So she would not do these conventions I didn't know if she time. was like that or if she was problematic, but I know. I think it's more so that she just isn't a big, huge fan of the Scream stuff, necessarily, because of the whole Weinstein thing. True, that's interesting. Because she was very much a big part of that whole thing yeah. with Harvey Weinstein, so she has the whole documentary Citizen Rose and, you know, whatever, and she herself is, like, living in Mexico and you know, but apparently she's going to a horror convention in New Jersey, apparently. Uh, so that's kind of interesting. But I'm just like, I don't know. I get it, though. She's been through some shit. I, I like you, Rose, for the most part. I was just thinking about this. I was just like, I feel like I would meet her. But I would be like, what kind of Rose would I get if I meted her, met her, though? Yeah. You know, I'm like, am I going to get, like, look, what am I going to get? I don't know. Anyway. But, uh, but 
Yeah, but that would be like somebody being like, oh, hey, like, that would, that would kind of be like if Rose was like absolutely down to go to these conventions, just being like, yeah, like, you know, we're just not going to invite her. Right. You know what I mean? Like, if she was willing and ready to go, obviously she herself isn't, but that would literally be like saying like, you know, let's just leave off Rose McGowan because of this. Not because she doesn't want to be in it, but in this case, it's like, oh no, all three of those actresses have gone to horror conventions to talk about the craft, and then Rachel True was left off of it, which yeah, is really right. fucking stupid, but it just makes sense. If Plus, their schedules can't allow it, understand That's it. different. But if you're just like blatantly not going, hey. Yeah, right. We're going to do that, then that's a problem. And especially when she has said something about it, where she's like, yeah, I never got a call about anything. I'm not doing anything that would not allow me to do it. You can make, and this is no shade to Nev Campbell, but you can make Nev Campbell work for most of these things, but you can't fucking. Well, also too, is I, (laughs) I know I've seen her in other stuff, but like she isn't that, I don't want to sound mean, but it's not like she's in a bunch of stuff where like, true like that, but like she also like, but she was also in something where people would come see her. You know that she's known for being in that movie. Exactly. Like, she's in the movie. Right. Like, people would come to that for Rufus like, Ball. I would say Brooke you know? Myers is a supporting character. Yes. Not, Absolutely. Not. Are you kidding? Yes. Or even it's Chris. Yeah. He's more of a supporting character than she is. Yeah. That's some bullshit. Right, we're getting off on it, but I'm just saying because it's true. Like, you make a good point. Christine Taylor is more of a supporting character. What are you talking about? Uh, <clears throat> anyway. Yeah, it just, it pisses me off, because I'm just like, she doesn't oh, deserve that. Messed up. It doesn't deserve that, and plus also, like, anyway. But again, other podcasts have talked about it, too. I wanted to make sure I talked about it, too, because I'm just like, this is one of those things. And then also just, like, the fact of this movie, again, some of this stuff works, some of it doesn't. It all depends, but... Without further ado, though, I think we've talked enough about production history and legacy and all that stuff. Oh, speaking of legacy... Wait a minute, before we move into a pop. <laughs> oh, God, Jesus. Hold up. Yeah. So, dear listeners, as you may or may not know, uh, I have watched The Craft Legacy and Black Christmas 2019 and all of that stuff. And, and my sister here has as well. She has watched The Craft Legacy. Mm-hmm. It happened. Now, I will say first and foremost with that movie, um, I really understand. That is not a movie that is targeted to me. Okay? It's not targeted to Sarah over here. It's not targeted to most people who are in their 30s at this point. I get that. However, that movie, no, 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 no. I watched it. I think God did not pay money for it because I would have been pissed if I did. I just don't think. I may have. You might have, and I feel so bad for you. Me and my best friend Barbie. Shout out. Shout out, Barbie. We always shout out her. I think me and her watched it. So I think she was here. I think she came here and we watched it at my house. Uh-huh. And um, it was like fine. And then we're like, mm. you know, like all in all, we're like, nah. No, girl. It just was like, I, I understand. Because like, who, who was supposed to be like, okay, I don't want to say I don't think there was supposed, supposed to, be. to be a Nancy. No, no, no. no. But it wasn't like somebody like, like a cut kid. Uh, yes, 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 yes. So, spoiler alert for the craft legacy, if you care. But, so, girl comes to town with her mom, Michelle Monaghan, and they're moving in with uh, David Duchovny and his three children, or whatever the hell. And so, like, they go through, so, like, the girl, I don't even fucking remember her name, um, she meets up with these girls, one is Pamela Adlin's daughter, the other one is a trans girl, 
and the other one is um, the black character in the film. Uh, and so they meet up with her, and you know they're all like, "Oh, we're like kind of into witchcraft." Blah blah blah. Come to find out, David Duchovny is like an evil warlock who is like battling against these witches or whatever. They put this kid who made fun of the main girl. Um, they made fun of her for having her period in class, and they put a spell on him to make him more socially aware and more quote woke or whatever. And then he comes out as bisexual to them and like all this stuff and said that he actually fooled around with one of her stepbrothers, which he did, which was one of his very good friends mm-hmm. and all that kind of stuff. And then come to find out, we find out that the main girl actually was adopted and is the kid of Nancy Downs, Faruza Bulk. And Faruza Bulk needed a paycheck that week or month or whatever. And she comes back at the end of it because the main girl goes to the institution to go see her. And that's the end of the craft legacy. So some you of the stuff. Yes, you see her at the end. See, that's it. Like it's oh. so dumb. <laughs> she needed a paycheck. She needed a paycheck, dude. So listen, I know I'm not the target audience. I don't think it really works that well. No, it was not. It um, was not good. And that's a Blumhouse thing. Listen, like I, it could. It, it should. It shouldn't have been. It made. shouldn't have been made. No shade to Zoe Lister Jones. Listen, she was a new girl. Did you know that? Because yeah. you're a new girl person. Yeah, right? I do. I she's one. She's like a supporting actress on there. She comes in every so often, but she's the one who wrote and directed the the Craft Legacy. Who is she? A new girl. We're gonna find out right here on the pod today. Today, uh, Zoe Lister Jones. Um, yeah, Sarah loves New Girl. She also loves The Middle as well. For any Middle fans out there, yeah, The Middle is very good too. Completely different shows, but yes, yes, yes. Also uh, she was on that television show. She was Fawn Moscato. She was in five episodes. Uh, okay, hold on. Uh, right here. I think I know who it is. That girl. Yes. Okay. Yeah. I don't know. I don't watch New Girl. Um, I don't care. But anyway, she was in there. So that's the bitch. I'm sorry. That was the girl who played, who wrote and directed Craft Legacy. Oh, okay. um, so no shade to you, girl. But um, no, that movie. She fell was also apart. in um. What was she in a TV show. She probably was. Yeah. Life in Pieces or something. Well, I'm on her Wikipedia right now. I'll tell you, real quick. Yes, I she was. Started, I started watching it, but mm-hmm. I didn't finish that. She so. was. Yeah. yeah. But anyway, so but, yeah. yeah, exactly. But yeah, so. You don't worry about the craft legacy. It's not that yeah, good. Don't, don't it's that. not. It's not made. You're gonna watch the craft. Watch the nineteen. Just watch that one again with all its problems. It has, you know, whatever. Like, just watch that. It has more style, and it's it's kind of the equivalent of. And let's we were going to go back to this when we did Days of Confused, and then there was mm-hmm. everybody wants some. That yeah, the director did the same movie. Sure. Well, he didn't do the same movie. I shouldn't say that. But, he like, he that was, did. He did a continuation, and it's just not good. Yeah, it no. kind of feels the same. Yeah. Oh, fun fact! I did watch. Try to watch. Everybody wants some. After I we did that podcast because it was on Showtime. I made it ten minutes in, and I texted Sarah, and I was like, "I'm turning this off. I can't. I can't do it. I can't. Uh, no, 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 <laughs> no, no, no. Um, but I did watch it all, but it just wasn't. I'll give you that. I'll give you that. The craft is not the most amazing it had, movie. Like, two like cute guys in there. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, it, it, the craft is not an amazing movie necessarily. But that comparison, like the craft legacy is worse because I'm like, yeah. why did we do that? Yeah. Like part of it works where I'm like, oh, okay, like the girls aren't like there's no infighting necessarily. They themselves actually bind themselves after they accidentally kill Timmy or they think they kill Timmy or whatever. 
Um, they think that they drove him to kill himself, but they really didn't. He was right. killed by David Duchovny. But, um... Because he was cry cry and he was the villain, but like, so he was the major villain of that story. But I was just like, it falls apart. Uh, you don't get to know any of the girls really at all, except for the main girl. And it just was like, mm, girl, I just was not here for it. But I was not the main audience. But hey, if anybody's listening who's Gen Z or whatever, uh, tell me what you think about that movie, I guess. Without further ado, though, we are going to move into a bit of a plot summary of. Uh, the craft to talk about that. Now, we open our movie on our Columbia Pictures movie, you know, opening. And we are introduced to our three girls uh, doing a, it's not seance, but it's more just like them uh, having like the little crystal balls and like the, the they're outside under this little gazebo thing or something, mm-hmm. some shit. And they're like... Which I don't um, know if I've ever like remembered that. Like I put it on. I know, like, right? What? I was like, wait a minute. I, I kind of remember that. I was, no, no, I actually, I feel you on that because I was like, I don't remember this part, but I guess it's there. And they're like trying to like invoke something or whatever. And they're like chanting, chanting. So we have our girls. We have Bonnie played by Nev Campbell. We have Rochelle played by Rachel True. And we have our um, main villain of this piece, Nancy played by Feruza Bulk. And so then we go into the super 90s, like, cutaway of, like, flames, and, like, we're in the sky now, yeah. and it's this craft, yeah. and you have the people's names all coming right. through and everything. So you're wondering, why the hell are we in the sky? What the fuck? But the reason we're in the sky is because our actual main character, Sarah, is on a plane with her family, uh, her mom, her stepmom, Jenny. Who I don't know who's played Jenny, actually, but, you know, some lady. And then her uh, dad, Cliff Young. Fun fact, Cliff Young is actually in the sequel to Rocky Horror Picture Show uh, called Shock Treatment. He plays Brad in that. So that was kind of fun from the 80s. Just so we can start this, obviously, I do like this movie. Um you know, it's not one of my favorites, but I, I, I've yeah. watched it and I've watched it a few times. Sure. But obviously I like, I've liked it because her name is Sarah and she, she does spell it. it the correct way, S-A-R-E-H. Um, because the, when they're, since they, they, well, you'll get into it, but they, they move into this new house, yes. they move into the new town and start new school and stuff like that. So they have like boxes and it's like Sarah's room and it's uh-huh. S-A-R-E-H. So um, I would always, also, always like that because yes. it was my name. I would also like to say that um, for any Sarahs who don't spell their name with an H, um, the views of Sarah Heidelberg do not represent what the cult cinema circle represents. So um, we're not coming for you. We're just saying she always has this preference. The same thing for me with Jesse, J-E-S-S-E. Um, I don't spell my name with a J-E-S-S-I-E. So I don't like when people do that to me sometimes. Um, so I can understand, you know, I like when people spell it with J-E-S-S-E. I'm like, yeah. A shout out to Nightmare on Elm Street too, I guess. That's fun. Because the guy's name is Jesse. But anyway, so... Anyway, so they're on a plane. And you know, they're flying from San Francisco to Los Angeles. Where they're moving. They're in the cab. It's raining, which is very... It only happens in LA so much, I guess. Uh, to set the ambiance. And so... They're moving into this big old Spanish-style mansion, pretty much, which I'm just like, what the fuck does this guy do for a living? Right. Like, okay. It's really sad, yeah. Apparently shitty inside because the roof is leaking, so oh, that yeah. sucks. So, backtrack just a minute. So, sure. I was watching it, and I know this comes into play later on in the movie, like, almost a... Well, I, I kind of threw out, I should say, sorry. Right. But there's another part of it in the end of the movie. So, I didn't realize this in the beginning, 
But when they're driving, like, they're in the taxi, like, uh-huh. with the bags in the car, they're in the taxi driving to the new house, and I think they're, like, on the drive uh-huh. up, or there's trees, and then she sees a snake. Yes, she does. Now, I guess maybe I'll be enlightened on this episode, but, like, I don't know if there's, like, a fear. I mean, obviously, I mean, that can be a, a, a legit fear, mm-hmm. but, like, I think she's seen it, and I don't know if it was actually there. I don't know. Or what the deal was with with that, but... Yeah. I just kind of, like, didn't realize it at first. I just thought, like, oh, hey, they're moving to their new house. They're driving there. And, like, she saw a snake, and she kind of, like, jumped back a little bit. Like, it wasn't to get her. It was uh-huh. just, like, she saw it through the window. Yeah. Of the cab. Um, yeah. I'm not sure what the snake it imagery is. It just plays into is. the, like, it plays throughout the movie. The it does. It does. Um, I know that one of the things is that she would say there'd be times where she would like have these bad nightmares yeah. and they, and there'd be bugs and snakes everywhere yeah. and they wouldn't go away. So maybe that was it. Maybe. But yeah, uh, to speak of snakes. So we see that like Sarah goes to see her new room. She puts down a picture of her mother who we find out is no longer is passed away. Um, we later find out she passed away having Sarah. Yeah. Um, so, she then comes down and she's uh, to the the living area um, near the front door. She's getting something to maybe put up in her room, and we then see uh, this street preacher who is um, just a, a houseless person uh, yeah. who has a snake in his hands. Just like okay, who who does that? I don't like, know. Who just comes into somebody's freaking house with a snake and comes up with a snake and just comes up like completely unannounced, like yeah. If somebody did that, I I mean, I don't own anything like that, but, like, I would take whatever close next, something I could find to, like, take them down, which I don't have. Right, because it's just freaky. You're just like, like, and also, when we just did this whole tribe, I'm like, okay, I get that, like, he lives on the street, or, like, he doesn't, he's homeless, but, like, I was just like, it was awkward. He just, like, came up, and, like, he had to go all that way. I was like, okay, like, all right, whatever. Anyway, so, with snakes and everything. And dad shoots him away. And dad shoots him away, and then the snake is still there, and then he's just like, ah, you yeah. know, whatever. And dad's like, get away. Get, get away. away. Uh, but then. I think he has, like, a, um, what was that called? Like, a fire place? A fire poker. Yeah. Yeah, fireplace poker. But anyway, so then we are moving on to... I don't have a fire poker in my house. We do not. We do not have a fireplace in this home. Okay, listen. But anyway, so uh, we're not that fancy here. But uh, we then see uh, her dad drives her to school at St. Bernard's Academy, which Mm -hmm. is a Catholic school, I believe. Um, so I think he's trying to say that like she doesn't have to start. She doesn't have to start. Um, and she's just like... We don't know what time this is. Like, we don't know if this is middle school year or what This is high school year. No, not middle school, like, middle of the school. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Or not, I don't know. Right. But anyway, he, unless he drops her off. Yeah, I would, yeah, that's a good question. Like, time in this movie doesn't really make sense yeah. a whole lot. But anyway, so yeah, I think you're right. And so she's like, I'll I can't just. Say, you know, if it's yeah, unless somebody literally tells winter you. Winter time or, you know, Yeah, yeah. But, um, so we're just like, okay. But she's like, I can't just sit home and, you know, um watch daytime TV forever. He's like, I mean, I could. <laughs> and I'm just like. And also, I could not. <laughs> anyway, right, but seriously. I feel the sentiments of her dad. Exactly, exactly. But she goes into school. She's not dressed up in her uniform, even though he's like, oh, we can wait till you get a uniform, I guess, or whatever. But she's just like, whatever, screw it, I'll do this. Then we, like, see her walking into uh, school. She's looking up at the Jesus that's, yeah. like, above the, the her getting into school. And then we are introduced to our three girls again, because then we see them walking down the hallway mm. um we see that mitt breckenmeyer and i think his friend 
Uh, and I think maybe Skeet Ulrich is there too, where they so. say, like, you know, oh, scary bitch alert. And then Nancy just, like, looks at them and, like, stares yeah, at them. Yeah, I think it's the three guys. Yeah, but then we see that Bonnie is like, you know, oh, well, the almanac says this. She's, like, you know, dressed up, you know, very much like she just has these layers on and she's just like looking all um forlorn and like just unkempt or whatever but she's reading this goddamn almanac which i'm just like okay cool and then they're saying maybe it's our fourth be like well we don't need a fourth like you know we don't need that at all and then like nancy has like a noose in her locker that she pulls out i never noticed that i was like okay Okay, great. So then, and then uh, uh, Nancy's all like, you know, maybe she can be our fourth. And it's like this, like, um, kind of stocky looking woman in like a security guard outfit. And be like, oh, okay, whatever. I don't know how this movie doesn't get very sapphic at all uh, for the lesbians. But maybe there's some people who connect with that part or connect with something with there because it's female movie. I don't know. But anyway, so we then see them in, I believe it is, science class or something. So, like, because Sarah's there and she's just, like, you know, hanging out. There's something before that. Um, we're going to dick to her. Maybe not. No, I don't think so. I think it was, like, they're in science class and then they meet uh, each other. This is the first time because she has to find a lab group. Mm-hmm. And then they're just, uh, so Nancy's just rude to her. Yeah. Uh, and she's just like, oh, okay, I guess, whatever. And it's then fine. Bonnie is like. Very soft-spoken, very, she like, is. doormat-ish, I would think, almost, what yeah. you would call that. Mm-hmm. Um, just hiding herself away. Yeah, um, and she's like, you know, she's like, you know, she's like, you know, Nancy gives her a look, and mm-hmm. she's like, okay, like, yeah. fuck me but, then. But even but then she's she like... she says something she can't hear. She yeah, she's away. like, no, you can sit here. And then she's she like, hear it, yeah. it's too, too late, I guess. Um, and then we are over uh, at lunch, I guess, Oh, I now. think we moved across this too soon. Oh, did we? Wait a minute. Um... Well, when they show Skeet, like Skeet Ulrich. Yes. Not gonna lie, he is cute. Well, he's cute either way. He's he's a very mm-hmm. handsome person, and he's only got better with age, I think. But <laughs> he, I thought personally, I I just didn't really like his hair in this movie. Yeah. Um, I think he looked better in Scream with the long, really the long, um, even it being part. greasy. Yeah. Oh, okay. You heard it here first, everybody. <laughs> But yeah, Skeet, you know, we, we, we do we, we do stand Skeet Ulrich here and um Sarah stands him. I don't stand him that much. I like him though. Yeah, but, well he yeah. can't can't say he's not cute. He, he was, was cuter a, when he was younger. Yeah. So. I think he's still very attractive for mm. being in his like fifties. Yeah. Whatever. I wasn't the biggest fan of the new Scream movie and he's partly why, but whatever, it's fine. <laughs> Moving well, on. He's in it for flashbacks. I know, but still I was just like, okay, great. Anyway. <laughs> Um, so, sorry, we jumped over that, you know, Skeet Ulrich is in the studio, like, come on now. We do, we do. But I think we're at lunch now, I believe. Either that or we're in French class. Are we in French class yet? I think we're in French class, actually. Yeah. Because then what ends up happening is, um, oh yeah, we are in French class because Brecken Meyer doesn't know how to speak French, even though he's in French. Right. And <laughs> then, like, but he's in there, Skeet's in there, and then, uh, Bonnie and Sarah are in there. And so this is after, I think, they were... So this is after Nancy was a dick to her. And then they're in French class. Right. And this is where Breckenmeyer, this is where Mitt calls calls Sarah a snail trail. Which I just think is, like, rude. Because <laughs> she says something in French right, about Right, because the, the teacher's only speaking French. He's right. not speaking And he doesn't know what he's English saying. And French, he doesn't know. And then she must know, obviously. So then she says something, probably, like, some insult. I don't know what it is, because I don't speak French. I don't either. 
so I don't know. And they're like, shouldn't we be speaking Mexican? Oh, um, see that there? And I'm word. like, really, guys? And at least Chris was like, that's Spanish, you dumbass. Yeah, like stupid. But um, but then he then that's when he says that like snail comment. Snail trail. I'm just like, that's just gross. But okay, whatever. But then you see that Bonnie sees Sarah and she's levitating a pencil all by yes. herself. And she like looks over at her and she sees that she's like concentrating on it. Yes. And then it's like, you know, usually you put a pencil down and it's going to go boop. No, but she's able to like, levitate it. Yeah. And then she like does this <gasps> and then it makes like her break her concentration and, and then the pencil right, right. falls down. But then, so she, then she's like, oh, bitch, this is the person. Oh, okay. Okay. Like, this she is got, it. she got, she got something. She got something. She is somebody who we need to, to be aware of, if anything. Um, then we're actually at lunch, I believe, because then we see that Chris actually comes up to Sarah and is like, hi, mm-hmm. hi, you know, I'm Chris, I'm yeah, Sarah. Yeah, she's wearing that striped dress. She's yeah, wearing the striped dress, dress yeah. Lunch, yeah. And the girls are like sitting. They're sitting. The mm-hmm. stuff, wherever it is. And, and be like, yeah, here. everyone, I've had my guards up because everyone's just been kind of rude right, to me. Right, yep. All this. And so then they then talk about like, you know, oh, those girls like. She says, like, don't stare at them, but, like, the girls behind you are the ones who were kind of rude to me. And then he calls these girls who he sees, the bitches of Eastwick. Yeah. He says, they're slut. Okay. Uh, the other one has burns. He's then, uh, he's then, like, the other one has burns all over her. Uh, I don't speak from personal experience, but I've had other people who've said that it is. And then he mentions nothing about Rachel True, which is a whole other thing. But anyway. Um, which is shocking, because, like, nobody... Nobody talks about her at all, but, like, you know... Well, he says something kind of rude uh, later, but anyway. So that happens, and then says, oh, well, I'm going to, what are you doing after school? He's like, oh, nothing really. Be like, oh, I'm going to have football practice. Like, you can come watch if you want to, and be like, oh, that's so tempting. Right. Thank you. But she does go, um, after the scene, she goes and is kind of watching him a little bit, because she kind of likes him, although I don't understand why you'd like him, because he literally just said this girl was a major slut, and I don't know about you, I don't want to be with somebody who right. is saying that, but anyway, oh well. So then, you know, Sarah's watching the the game, and then the three girls walk up, and he's, they're just like, Rochelle says, you know, Nancy's sorry about what, you know, happened in biology and all that, and she's like, it's okay, whatever, like, she's mean to everybody, don't take it personal. And then, you know, Nancy's all like, so it's weird that, like, Nancy has some of the girls talk for her, Maybe, kind of, sort of, um, because she's their leader, quote-unquote. There is something I did read that, because he's doing football practice, and there's obviously, like, football jerseys have numbers, and there is a number called, that, that called, he's wearing the number 86. Oh, okay. Which will come back into play, well, I don't want to say it comes back into play later, but once you get to the point, it'll, I'll come, I'll... Return, I'll, return I'll, I'll love to hear about it because yeah. I don't know what you're talking about. Anyway, yeah, okay. so, uh, but yeah, so I then, just read it over. I was like, oh, yeah, I was like, oh, okay, oh, okay, okay. Um, but anyway, so you have that, uh, and then Nancy's like, you know, do you want to like hang out, like whatever? And she's like, I had to get you home, and she's like, we'll make something up, like Rochelle's ditching practice, like come with us. Because Rochelle so, swims. Rochelle does swim, yes. So then, swim team, yeah. exactly, yes. And so then she also says, Nancy says. Like, he's a jerk. Like, he, you know, she's spreads... She's like trying to warn her. She's trying to warn her. And she, she says, he spreads disease. Like, I speak from personal experience. He's a jerk. Um, and she even says, she's like, go, Chris, go for the long pass. And then it makes him, like, fall. 
which is funny. And then they walk away and they're like going and walking. They're just talking to each other, walking down the street, being like, so where'd you move from? Oh, I live moved from San Francisco. Like they talk about how like, you know, uh, well, it sucks here too. Be like, I know you need a car here and all that kind of stuff and yada, yada. And then Nancy points out like, oh, what's this for? Because I think she has a wristwatch. Mm-hmm. Um, Sarah has a wristwatch. And she says, oh, I slit my wrists. Um, and she's like, sorry. Or she even says sorry, but Fruzbalk is not Canadian. So I think that's kind of funny. But anyway. Yeah. Oh, some of this is, um, I don't think some, of, I don't think it mostly is Canadian, but I was thinking of somebody else says something really weird. But anyway. But uh, I will say one of the things that uh, doesn't always work. Also, if anybody ever needs trigger warnings for this stuff, trigger warning for like suicide attempts and like self harm and also just like uh, sexual assault a little bit, kind of. Yeah. Uh, so in case you need that, we haven't gotten too deep, but you know, it's definitely um, it's in there. It's in there, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but anyway, Not so too graphic, but you know, yeah, just still as a. Like, Can you also believe to Yes, 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 in case you need it. But I will also say, uh, it's crazy to me that Andrew Fleming, I believe, wanted this movie to be PG thirteen. Yeah. Yes. He wanted it to be PG thirteen, but because of the whole thing of it's about witchcraft, it gets dark, all that stuff, it got turned to R. Which he kind of wishes, he's said before that he kind of wishes that he was able to go a little further with it, Mm -hmm. but because he wasn't, he didn't, because he planned this to be PG-13, it's just interesting how that kind of works. And I'll get to that in a bit, uh, about another scene. But anyway, so yeah, uh, one of the things of this is that Bonnie says, you even did it the right way. That's just gross to say when it comes to that, because what she's referring to is that, like, the way you do it horizontal won't actually technically kill you. It's to do the vertical is all that. It's just kind of gross to say that. And, you know, um, yeah, again, so if you have that trigger or anything like that, you do see the the mark on her, her wrist or whatever. And, you know, but yeah, just... Saying that is just, like, not great. I think other pods have also talked about it a little bit, too. So, yeah, I just feel weird about it because I'm just like, ugh, you shouldn't say that. And even Rochelle says, like, you know, Bonnie, like, like, how do you, what's the right way? What do you mean by that? And she's like, shut up, Rochelle. And they're walking into this occult shop. Yeah. That is, uh, but this kind of gives me a little bit of, like, Bonnie herself, maybe, has, because we find out, okay, like, so Rachel, or um, Sarah, you know, is... She slit her wrist and we then find out that she did attempt to kill herself. We also maybe get that, like, perhaps Bonnie has had those thoughts before. So maybe that's why she said that. Maybe. I don't know. Because I don't really know much about Rochelle and um, Nancy's kind of thoughts about that. But I can tell with Bonnie, I'm like, oh, maybe she had thought of that before. Maybe that's why she said something like that. And then she says, like, well, just shut up, Rochelle. Like, don't worry about it. Um, but, you know, regardless of that, being the occult shop that is run by Lirio, played by Assumpta Serna. And so, even before this, though, we see that um, they're like, oh, I don't have any money. Like, how are we supposed to go shopping? And it's a five-finger discount. So, they're like, okay, great. I'm in with a bunch of thieves. Right. All right cool. <laughs> but they're like, oh, you know, well, stealing is a part of nature. Like, you know, big animals steal from little animals and all this. Be like, yeah, but they steal for survival. Like, we don't need this stuff. Um, and so, like, they're just kind of walking around this occult shop and everything. Uh, Sarah almost goes into the back, and then Lyra stops her, be like, that's not for you, be like, oh, sorry, sorry. 
and be like, you know, she says the watch, like it's your mother's, isn't it? And be like, yeah, it is. And then Lirio then asks, like, are you gonna pay for that? She's like, yeah, I will, fine. Um, so then she gives her twenty dollars for whatever the fucking book she has yeah. is or whatever she's buying, and so she apparently does have some sort of money, a little bit, but she gives that, and then the girls leave. Um, and they're just talking. So Lirio's talking a little bit about. You know, I don't really get in, she, you know, Sarah's like, I don't really get in all this stuff and whatever. People are like, oh, maybe you're a natural witch. Maybe it just comes from within. She's like, maybe. I don't really think much of it. Whatever. I like her little line where she says, you know how to use candles. And she's like, yeah, you like the wick, right? And then she's like, oh, no, that's like the book, which is called The Craft. Right. Um, <laughs> but you have that. But anyway. So then after they leave the store, they then are walking on, I believe, Hollywood Boulevard or something like that. Um, where there's a bunch of people who are, you know, homeless folks. And they even say just like, um, hey, just walk straight. Like, don't worry about it. You know, just walk straight and keep yourself because otherwise. Because this point is dark. Because this is dark and these four girls are just walking in Hollywood um, or wherever they're at. So we then come across the guy from earlier with the snake because Sarah's just like, oh, I don't have any money, blah, 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 whatever. And then he's just like, hey, I know you. And then she's just freaked out because she's like, what the fuck? Like, this guy is, like, weird. He says, I had a dream about you. In my dream, you were dead. And she's just freaked out because she's supposed to be a teenager. So she's like, yeah, if some guy on the street was just saying yeah. this, obviously he must have some sort of mental health stuff going on or, or whatever. Something's going on with him. But, you know, he's just like, you need to listen to me. Da, da, da. There was, like, a street preacher guy. There was, like, a, a guy for Jesus, which was weird. But she's like, Jesus, like, get away from me. Like, God. So then she's running across the street trying to get away from this guy. And the girls are on the other side of the street now. They all look at him. And then after that, that's when he gets hit by a car. And that car runs over his head. We don't see the graphic of it, but it does. So fair to say he's dead. Yeah. And so, yeah. And then they're like, come on, let's get out of here. And so they run out to the middle of these uh they're not woods woods they're kind of woods but you can still see the city from them so they're not like in the wilderness or anything but like they run over to that and they're just like oh my god like we made that you know i think we made that happen like i didn't think the car was gonna hit him but i kind of wanted it to like were you thinking the same thing i will say this right now they sit on this nasty couch stuff and i was like girl like you're gonna have to take multiple showers right like, I mean, I get it, because then in the background you kind of see, like, there's people with, like, a fire and, like, a barrel and whatever, so you're assuming that there are people who are just, like, living outside, obviously. Just a thing of L.A. that you see. But, you know, but it's one of these things where it's, like, you know, I was, like, girl, you are, like, you're gonna get diseases from sitting on this stuff, because it's just, like, out in the middle of gross. But this is where they're talking about, like, you know, like, this is real, though. Like, this is something, like, we all made this happen, it's a coincidence maybe it could have been or whatever but then this is where we get the introduction to like we get the introduction to what they believe because really they think okay well this shit's real now like combined we can make stuff happen right so that's cool like rochelle asked like where did you learn it she's like i don't know and this is where sarah talks about like you know sometimes it gets like really messed up like at times it's like i want it to be you know, I'll want it to rain and then a pipe will burst in my mm-hmm. room and it'll get flooded. Or I'll want it to be quiet for, you know, a minute and like I wish for it, wish for it, and then I'll go deaf for like two days or whatever. So in this case, all that. 
And then we get introduced to the idea of what Manon is, because Rachel True, uh, Rochelle, she says, um, you know, maybe he'll really listen to us. I mean, it's Manon. As we already said, Manon is not real, so no worries about that. But how it's explained to us by Nancy is that it's not the devil, it's not God. The way it's explained is that if the devil and God were playing football, Manal would be the gra- the field that they're playing on. Mm-hmm. It would be the sun that shone down on them. It would be this. She's like, it's nature, I guess, right? Okay, fair. And so this is also where Nancy says, he takes all the stuff that's bad in your life and makes it all go away and makes it all better. That's what she says. And even Sarah's like, there's nothing that makes just everything better. You know, it's just, it's not that. And this is where Sarah's like, okay, now I'm getting like weirded out and I'm getting kind of like creeped out by this all. So I'm going to leave because right. I got to go. Because I think she was also invited earlier by Chris to go on a date. So she, I guess she's going to go to that now. Right. But even even Rochelle says, you know, like she'll be back. She'll be back. But then we move into uh, the date with Chris. So this is where they are on top of a building. I guess that Laura Lizzie, played by Christine Taylor, Marsh Brady, uh, is also there with like her date, I guess, is also on this roof. But it's her. Uh, so it's Sarah and it's it's Chris. And they're talking about heads <laughs> or whatever. Like, I don't know why you hang out with those girls with the weird heads. Yeah. This is the rude comment that he makes about Rachel True's character because he says mammoth head, which is just rude. And it's referring to like her hair texture, which is just rude. Uh, okay. um, yeah. So ugh, anyway, we'll get into it with another scene but anyway you have this and then he tries kissing her which she's not really she's not in a point to be in any relationship with anybody because she has some baggage that she has not worked through it seems like which fair you know your mom died you yourself already have some issues because you even share that you have tried to almost you tried to kill yourself before so like you got some underlying things going on and whatever. So, like, she's not in a position to really be with anybody at this right. point, but Chris wants to be with her. She politely does decline, and she even says, like, are you mad? And he's like, no, I'm not mad, and, you know, whatever. Now, as a female, how do you think that this kind of went in terms of how that kind of all was? Well, a bit? at least at this point, he didn't really push it. Like, he just was like, mm-hmm. I'm going to try to kiss you. She said no. He yeah. didn't really fight on it too much. But when he, that a girl has to say, are you mad to a guy yeah. after that? Because we do know sometimes, and I don't want to, you know, sound like I'm coming off rude. But like sometimes guys think with their downstairs head. Yes, yes, yes. Not their upstairs head. And um, <laughs> right. so if they their downstairs head doesn't get what they want, you know, they're just mm-hmm. jerks about it. So, because the patriarchy, everybody. So, you know, a true gentleman like person, true, true, truly gentleman, would have just been like, is it okay if I kiss you? Yeah. If they felt that that was like yeah. where, you know, if they were both vibing and yeah. all that. And then she's like, yes, like that would have been like really nice. And then, but that was not what was that happened. Was it. But that's not what happened. And then also to play the fact that if she was like, you know, if she, let's say she said, yes, you can. But also if he asked that and she said, no. Yeah. Uh, no, I don't think so. Maybe another time. Like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And know. I think she even did do that where she was like, like not like interested. Then for him to go and do what he did afterwards. Yeah. Then like that is not gentlemanlike. And yeah. But I don't think that a woman, girl, teenager, teenage girl, whatever, because mm-hmm. um, really these are high school women. But this goes really for any person, yeah. any age, my age now. 
my age 10 years ago, my age 15 years ago. Yeah. You shouldn't, if you are not wanting to do something and you say no, mm-hmm. whatever it may be, and you shouldn't have to feel like they wanted to do that. Right. I didn't do it. Are you mad? Like she, yeah. I know she said it, but like us as women shouldn't have to feel like we say that. We should need to say that because you know exactly. what? It's our bodies and, yeah. you know, it's not like, yeah. it's not like, it's kind of weird because like when you think of it as a guy, like if a girl tried to kiss a guy, and I'm not trying to sound rude. Oh, no, man, no. But if a girl tried to kiss a guy and he said no. Right. Like, I don't know how, like, do, do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, it's kind of a weird situation because it's like. It's usually not that way. And it can be a double standard, too, of, like, you know, oh, well, you... And then we get into the fact of, like, they're at school the next day, and then, you know, Sarah's just, like, sitting by herself. I just don't think... Yeah. I, I mean, I, I just don't feel like she's very mad. And he was like, no, but it's like, he he, he, like, he like, walked a lie to her. Exactly. Like, of course he was... He's being a dick. And so he this just sets up. He not happy that he, like, you know, he thought something was going to come out of it. Because he, he invites her to his house. And then she declines. Which she says, let's go to our so. house. Right. Yeah. So you're just like, no, I think I'm going to just go. It's because like nobody's home. Exactly, right. And you're it's just like, like sir, no. Sir, no, I don't want to go with you. Sorry. Like, whatever. Right. Anyway, so she's at school the next day, and then the three girls come up to be like, hey, hot stuff, how was your date with Chris? Be like, what do you mean? Like, uh, there was, we did nothing. Right. And then this is where we find out from Nancy, who's already kind of like, right. we already can tell that she's going to be the antagonist because of the way she delivers this. But, like, she says, like, Chris has been telling everyone that you hooked up and not only that you hooked up, which you didn't, but you were the lousiest slay that he's ever had. And the way she says it is already kind of antagonistic, but she's just like, Oh, okay. Really? Got it. So she walks over to Chris's locker and she's like, Hey Chris, can I like talk to you for a minute? Um, right. Like, you know, going over. And then fucking Breckin Myers, Mitt, He's all like he's and he like all, gets it like in between her ooh, and him. Ooh, and he's like, oh, he's not available right ooh, now. We pissed, like, pissing the girls off. Ooh, because it's just like, how fucking immature are you? Right. Like, really? And she even she's just like, okay, move out and of then, the way. Right. So she does that, and then basically, like, she's like, yeah. like fuck. Well, she does say that, but basically, she's like, she like you know that that's not true. Yeah. And then he was like, like, please stop begging. Like he's like, it's, please stop begging. It's pathetic. Like, looking at her, just giving her, like, a smirk, like, throwing, like, yeah. through the tables and yeah. all that. And then she's like, hey, Chris, fuck you. Yeah, Chris, fuck you. Uh, God. And this just sets up that he is a piece of shit. He's right. a fuck boy. He's a piece of shit. Yep. Mm. Anyway, so there's that. Like, when fuck boys weren't called fuck boys then, but that's what he was. Yeah, like, it just, so this just shows that he's a piece of shit and all that. And a fuck boy. Then we move to a memorable part of this movie, which is... Rochelle at diving practice. Yes. Okay. Because then we'll move into Bonnie after this. But, because uh, then it culminates. But anyway, so then we move into Rochelle at diving practice. We have been uh, told that she's getting practice she's a diver. Mm-hmm. So she's about to dive. We see Laura Lizzie, who we saw tangentially beforehand. She, like, is smirking when, you know, uh, in the class or whatever, because she right. was there that night, and she's just like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. She's just, like, you know, doing this thing of, like, go ahead and go do it, um, to dive. And then when, so Rochelle's in the middle of her dive, she yells out, Laura Lizzie yells out, shark, which makes her fuck her stuff up, which she could have been, like, seriously hurt, by the way. So right. that is just, like, really an asshole thing to do. Because right. when you're diving, you can't dive. If you dive a certain way, you can really fuck your shit up or, like, almost break your fucking neck. Right. So, you know, anyway. So there's that. And then... 
it just shows like, okay, she's a bitch. And then True. the next scene um, is her, uh, they're in the locker room changing after whatever. And this is when Laura is saying like, you know, oh, there's a pubic hair in my, um, in my brush. Oh, that's just one of Rochelle's nappy hairs. Like, okay, that's already fucked up anyway. Right. So, okay. Um, and we will not be using the term that is in here because I don't want to do that. Right. But she, even Rochelle asks, like, what are you, what, what are you doing, Laura? Like, do you Why think do you, you're funny? Right. Or like, what do you have against me? Like, what did I ever do to you? And this, is, right, exactly. She says this and she's like, and Laura is like, you really want to know? She's like, yeah, I really want to know. And she says, because I don't like insert here okay and i'm telling you right now just from what i can figure especially since he wanted this to be pg-13 i think i feel like they wanted to use the hard r but like or the hard yeah the hard er you know they wanted to use the hard n-word but they didn't they they did a little different but it's interesting because rachel true does talk about that in the horror noir documentary where she feels like now at least when she looks at something like the craft you know young black girls can Mm -hmm. watch this and see this and you know for her at least to have that representation but also and people can see her as the representation Mm -hmm. right but it was more interesting because it was supposed to be somebody with an eating disorder that was her issue she was going to have and then it got turned but then what's interesting is that Rachel True even talks about, like, the racism she dealt with on a daily basis is more of what we have in this, which is something like this scene, where you just have somebody say, like, because I don't like your people, or I don't like your whatever, blah, yeah. blah, blah, and using terms which and Which is crazy, because, sort. like, I mean, if this, if this is based not on being the 80s, and so, you know, it's not like that, yeah. it's based on the 90s, like, that, like, that's just, like, not cool, like, that is... It's not. It. And like, it's that just, is not uh, something that she should have said to her like yeah it's fucked up it's a point of contention if you don't like the person for whatever reason it may be yeah like you know i but just not to like him because of their skin color it's just like that's that's, like yeah her being a lesbian like i don't like you because you like you know girls or you know whatever like that's just right being a homophobe like it's just like so essentially laura lizzie in this movie is a racist yeah she's a racist racist marsha brady you know all that it's like, like, no, ugh. It's just like okay. anyway so yeah it just so it just shows that also okay so chris is a piece of shit for this reason laura lizzie's a piece of shit too mm. okay so like yep. all right got it okay cool so then you move on to bonnie bonnie is not a piece of shit apparently but what a piece of shit is is the fact that she has burns all over her well body. i didn't know that i mean obviously it's a very pivotal part in the plot in the sense that like that is her she just feels very shy about it she's mm-hmm. very insecure about it i mean who it, it's something yeah. we feel insecure about but i didn't know because it, i don't think it's ever really stated how she, how gets she it, got them or like why you know was it you know what happened like was she in a house fire like, was it right like but it was apparently an auto accident is what i like, oh okay she was in an auto accident and it was um i guess it was not you know yeah. obviously she got out alive but i guess it left yeah burn scars and it happened to her younger and whatever she's because she says that later in the thing she said she spent half of her life so this is to assume that she got into an auto accident when she was younger younger, which maybe i don't know perhaps killed her father because she only has a mom Hmm. so i don't know who knows it doesn't dive into that but i kind of wondered that a little bit but anyway so she goes to uh dr desperate housewife brenda strong (laughs) 
Um, she goes to her and says, oh, it's just this experimental procedure that we have, you know, and blah, blah, blah. But pretty much, like, we're going to be sticking a needle in the back to see what they can do. And so this scene is just like, so Bonnie's sitting down in the operating table and they're taking this needle um, on this, like, fucking machine and it, it's just like tapping her on her back, but it obviously very much hurts. She's told it's going to hurt. Well, you know, I I just saw like a couple, like maybe like a month or two ago, like somebody was like talking about this scene and like because it has like her face, like where you mm-hmm. can see her face, like her like the agony and like seeing her like kind of like crying because it's like it know, hurts. It's a, it's a yeah, it's like a hurtful procedure. And apparently we're like, oh, they're like she's she's laying on an iron board. Oh God! Because like the way it's shaped, I'm like it I is kind of yeah, it, yeah, but it makes sense. But anyway, so then you just see her kind of scream out, yeah, and like that was hers. She, it's yeah, I'm sure it's very painful. Yes, and so okay, so you have Rochelle, you have Sarah, uh, then you have Bonnie. You come back to Sarah while she is in her bed sleeping, mm-hmm. which you then just get her dream that she has, which is her suicide attempt. Where you see her cut her wrist, mm-hmm. she has a glass of water, she's drinking, and then she drops the glass of water, and then the blood's there a little bit too. She just has that, like, random-ass dream. Yeah. We're then moved into Nancy's shit, because we don't really know much about Nancy, except she's a goth and whatever. Right. But this is where we find that Nancy is living in a trailer, pretty much, and she's walking home in the rain. Um, she lives in a trailer. She lives with her mom. Um, and she lives with her stepfather. Her real dad is not around. Either one of them is a stepfather whatever. or... Well, I, I, that's what I was gathered. I don't know if it was her stepfather or it was her, like, mom's boyfriend. We'll also talk about that, too, because it comes up in the movie. Yeah. But anyway, so it's there. And then you see that, like, she's just living in poverty, living in yeah. squalor. She goes into her room where she's, like, smoking a cigarette. And then she's, like, laying on her bed. And the water's just, like, dripping. Her power also went out. And her parents are, you know, fighting about that. You can't even pay a bill. What are you good for? You know, all this kind of stuff. And you just see that she's living in not great conditions. Okay. So there's that. So these are all four of the girls. And this is what they're all dealing with. These are all their issues they're dealing with. um, And all that stuff. But then they decide... All right, we're all back at school now. I'm pretty sure this happens. They're all back at school. And uh, they're like, oh, hey, we're going on a little field trip, Sarah. You know, and so um, the, the the nun at the front is like, I'm sorry to interrupt your social hour, Miss Downs. And she's like, sorry, sister. You know, but then they get on a bus to the middle of the countryside mm-hmm. for wherever the hell that is. Um, and they all are like Rachel True, uh, Rochelle's looking all cute with her little like sundress. And they're all just like at the back of the bus. And like Nancy is staring daggers at this kid that's like also there. Yeah, he's like staring at her. <laughs> right, but Rochelle's like uh, being all smiley and nice. This is the iconic scene where you have, they get off of the bus and the uh, driver says, you girls watch out for those weirdos. And then Nancy's like, we are the weirdos, mister. Yeah. And she just smiles at him. And then they, like, walk away, wherever the hell. And they are in the middle of the forest, pretty much. I think my shirt just says weirdos on it. Oh, okay. Maybe. Um, yeah, so then they are all, you know, getting together. They're in nature, and they are doing this ritual. Yeah. And then they're doing this thing where they're in a circle, and each one of them has a dagger that they've brought, and all of them are... um saying 
it is better for you to rush upon this blade than to enter the circle with fear in your heart. How do you enter? And they say with perfect love and perfect trust, and they give a kiss to each one. So each one of them is doing this to each other and all that. I think, um, I know that Nancy does it to Sarah, and I'm pretty sure Rochelle, or I'm sure Bonnie does it to Rochelle, and then Rochelle does it to Nancy, and then Nancy does it to, um, to Sarah. And so then they're like, as above, so below. So they stab the ground. Nancy stabs the ground with the dagger. They each... Oh, okay, she showed me a photo of the, the shirt. But um, they each, one of them, uh, prick their finger and they put it into a chalice, like a mm-hmm. goblet. Um, and they all put wine in there. And each of them are casting a spell. So one of the spells is from Rochelle, where she says... Uh, I drink of my sisters and I ask for the power to love myself and love those who don't love me, especially racist pieces of shit like Laura Lizzie. She takes a drink. She then passes it to Sarah. Sarah says, I drink of my sisters and I drink of, and I wish for the power of uh, love or something like that. And the admiration of Chris, which we can get into, but like, anyway, she has this picture there and like, she wants to put a love spell on him. Bonnie then drinks, and she says, I drink of my sisters, and I um, ask for the power of beauty, uh, and all this stuff, whatever. And then Nancy is then, I drink of my sisters, and I wish for all the power of Manal. And she finishes off the the goblet, the chaplet, yeah. or whatever, the chaplet, whatever it is. And then they say, blessed be, and they're like, all right, cool. So then they're just like, all right, cool, we did all this. But then they see that a bunch of butterflies are raining down on them, kind of, and all coming into their shot, pretty much. Be like, oh my god, like, he's listening to us. He's listening to us. Like, this is great. And again, they're just kind of like, okay, cool. I guess we did this spell. It all, you know, makes sense. All right, cool, great, like, wonderful. So then we start to see each person getting their wish. Yes. So then we see, um, I believe it is Sarah, I believe. Yes, Sarah starts getting infatuated, or sorry, Chris starts becoming infatuated with Sarah. Just off the, the rip. time we left off, he was like, he was a dick. Me. But yeah. now he's like, oh, you know, hey, Sarah, like, I'm, you know, coming up and be like, he's just in love with you now. Um, and she, they're even walking to mass and they're saying like, you know, oh, hey, like, uh, this, that, and the other. Like, um, so they're saying like, you know, oh, I'm fine, whatever. Be like, are you going to tell your friends that you're a big lying sex shit? And he's like, oh, I wasn't thinking of it, but yeah, I'll tell them tomorrow. So he himself has just fallen in love with her. Mm-hmm. Um, she has him carry her books. books mm-hmm. and they sit at mass together. And even Rochelle's like, look at her spell. It's working. This is great. So then you have that. We then see Rochelle, I believe, at practice. Where we see that... Yeah, we see that. And we see that uh, Laura is getting out of the pool. We might be moving a little forward. I don't know. But... It, she's in the pool, she's coming out, she takes off her swim cap as Rochelle is about to dive. And we see that Laura is starting to... Oh no, wait a minute. I'm sorry about that. So we do see uh, Sarah actually walking down the hallway. Mm-hmm. And we oh, see yeah, her yeah, pulling yeah. out That's uh, Laura's hair. And she calls her... Um, Laura calls her a stupid bitch. And she like pulls out. She's like, you know, I thought I saw a bug. You know, they have shampoo for that. So they have that. And then actually, I think what had happened was, um, but that's the first thing you see that Sarah and Chris, her love spell works. 
So you're, all right, great, right. awesome. So you have this. And they pulled her hair mm-hmm. so they can do the spell for yes, Rochelle. yes, yes, yes. They do the spell for Rochelle, and I think either before this or after it. I think it was before it actually. I think it was before this at some point. Yeah, I think it was before this where they have the little sleepover and it's really cute. Where they're like at um, somebody's house. I think it might be Sarah's house, and they're like hanging out together. Uh, they're saying, oh, well, Sarah's like, oh, have you ever played Lightest Feather Stiff as a board? Mm-hmm. Um, and so this is the scene where they play Lightest Feather Stiff as a board, um, where they're in the room. They're at Bonnie's house. Excuse me, they're at Bonnie's house. And so, because it's her mom there. Um, and yeah. this is before Bonnie gets her wish, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. I don't think it's happened yet. But they're like, oh, have you ever played this? So here's what you do. You put your fingers under the girl. <laughs> She's And Nate says, you put your fingers where? And she makes this like, fingering motion of course but anyway so she they do this they um have her levitate off the ground they have rochelle on the floor and they're levitating her and she's like guys it's not working and then they're like oh shit no it is working she's like shut up or you're gonna fall like don't talk and then we get this like shot where rochelle's in the air and then they're like oh my god we did it we did it and then bonnie's mom comes in with like towels or whatever and then she falls on the ground yeah. and then the mom's just like are you guys getting high yeah. um, and then that's all funny so there's that and again i think that's where we have like you know pulling the hair and all that yeah because then we get into dive. we're getting into the dive but that become this comes before that because there's a reason why what happens to laura happens to laura so then um because it hasn't happened yet because i believe it is that it either is before this, but we see that Laura is starting to lose some of her hair. So it either comes before this, but what had happened was that Sarah was braiding Laura's hair into Rochelle's or whatever, because they were at her house. Oh, and so they were doing that. Got it. Yeah. So they probably did that before the dive happens. That makes sense. But they do, they pull her hair out before They were doing like a sleepover. Right. They mm-hmm. did it. They were doing that. I didn't that. realize that the dudes, that, I didn't even realize mm-hmm. that. Yeah. Like, they I were doing that. I saw the braid part. Yeah. But I did not realize it was... That's probably why they were doing it. Yeah. So there's that. So she's doing that. And then this is where Rochelle asks, like, who's that? And be like, oh, that's my mom. Like, you know, she died when she was having me, blah, 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 all this. And then in the meantime, you see Nancy is with Bonnie. And she's doing this whole spell where Bonnie is just saying, Manal, I'll take my scars. And she, her, um, they're just kind of, Nancy's just kind of, like, doing this motion and then you just see that, like, you know, Bonnie is like, Mono, take my stars. Mono, take my scars. You know, and she's starting to cry to herself, yeah. pretty much. Uh, but they're both doing that. Because then, respectively, the next scenes we have are the dive, where Rochelle does a really great dive. And we find out that Laura Lizzie's starting to lose her hair. And then we have Bonnie goes back to the doctor to see if the treatment worked for the, you know, fucking little you know needle shit Mm -hmm. and then that is when uh we see that the treatment quote-unquote worked and now they're able to her scars have all now gone away and so and it of course it's like you know 90s special effects where they just put whatever the fuck on there and it's just like they're just scraping it away at this point which is very satisfying to watch but anyway so now her skin is clear. Right. She doesn't have her scars anymore. And Bonnie's a new bitch. Let me tell you something. She's a new bitch. She's the, new. The like, oh my God, it worked. Oh my God, it worked. Um, and so, you know, that's so when... That the treatment. Yes. 
Then Bonnie comes into school, uh, feeling herself. They're in class and, you know, all the girls are together. Be like, she was supposed to be here. She walks up in there. Brand new girl. So brand new. All right. So yeah, Bonnie's a new bitch now because she ain't got no more scars. Okay. She walks up in there feeling herself yeah. in the classroom. Finally. Of course. Right. And so, so like Mitt Berkemeyer is all like, you know, Hey, Bonnie. And then they're like actually paying attention to her now. And so they're just like, um, they're all outside and they're like, Oh my God, you look so good. Like, you know, blah, 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 all this good stuff. And then, um, you see Nancy's kind of pissed. She also has this short hair now, which I'm just like, when did that happen? But okay. And um, she walks away because she's all mad because her spell's not working. You know, because Rochelle even says, she's like, well, you have Chris loving you. Like, uh, Laura's hair is falling out. And like, Bonnie looks so pretty. And so like, Nancy just kind of storms away. And she's like, what's wrong with Nancy? Like, Sarah's like, what's wrong with Nancy? And she's just like, I don't think her spell's working. Like, what did she wish for again? And be like, I think she'd wish to not be white trash or whatever. And she's like, you know... This is kind of a funny line a little bit, but she says, like, she's like, and Rochelle was like, you know, and honey, like, you just kind of, you know, you're, you're white. You just have to deal with that. Right. So I'm just like, okay. But then we go into the next scene where I believe it's that Nancy's home. She comes back to her house, her mom and her, whoever the fuck he is, the boyfriend or new, new husband or whatever. I don't know. But they're at home. The guy, like, touches her really inappropriately. Yeah, like, she goes to get, like, something out of, like, the food. a drink yeah. or something. And she's like, right, exactly. Like, tries to touch her, like, her butt. Yeah, right. And and the mom's even like, you're supposed to be, like, a father to her, blah, blah, blah. She ate my kid or whatever. And then, playfully, the mom hits the guy. But then he's like, you know, don't you ever hit me, whatever, whatever. And then that's when Nancy's like, you know, stop, stop. And right. then she makes, like, something explode. Um, and then she, while her mom is trying to like put the fire out, we then, um, see that she's calling, uh, the, whoever this guy is a pig and pretty much lets, he pretty much then has a cardiac arrest moment going on. And then, uh, the ambulance comes, they take him to the, uh, I assume a hospital or whatever, but he dies. We find out he dies. And so then they're back in their little trailer or whatever. And so they're there. It's her mom that's there and it's Nancy that's there. They're both just smoking. Um, while this guy who is either a lawyer or he is from the company, he might be just a lawyer, I think, but he is saying like, Oh, like, before we give this policy over to you, you know, we need to go over a few details. And, and the mom's like, what policy are you talking about? Like, what do you mean? And the guy's right. all like, oh, like, Mr. Whoever was like, you know, he had a pension plan through us, all this. And when it comes to this type of figure, we have to have somebody sign off on it, whatever. Be like, what figure do you mean? And he's like, okay, give me a minute. And then he's like, he had a policy for $175,000. And then they're just like, which by today's standards, I looked at it online and I believe it is that it would now be worth about $330,000. Okay. So still, they're just like $175,000. Like, oh my God, like we're rich, we're rich, we're rich. Which is like, okay, cool. So then, now it's always been a point of uh, thought when I've heard other episodes talk about it. $175,000. Now granted, that is a fair amount of money. Okay. Right. That's a good amount of money you can get. However, when you're living in the middle of Los Angeles, which is expensive as shit, you're like, how do you make that work? (laughs) Plus, also, you see that they've bought a new house, a new condo. 
they they have that condo and we don't know how much that is. There's a Connie Francis jukebox that her mom bought. Yeah. We also see that Nancy has a car now. So I'm assuming they bought a car apparently because we see her driving it later. I think that's somebody's car, obviously. Yeah. So I'm just like, how realistic is this that she'd be able to? Because I don't know if her mom works. Like, what the hell? Maybe they just bought that condo or whatever. But I'm just like, how are we going to keep this up, though, in Los Angeles? Like, how's that going to work? But whatever. Thinking too much on it. But anyway, the girls then come over. Bonnie, like, um, flirts with some guy because she's feeling herself now. And be like, you have a cute butt. And be like, come on, Bonnie, what the hell? So they all come over to the house. This is where we find out about the Connie Francis jukebox and, like, all this stuff. And then um, we see Nancy's new room. And it's like all fun, fun, whatever. Um, and they're just like, oh, like your life is all nice now, blah, 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 blah. And so then they then move in. So later on the night, though, they're together and be like, hey, like, you know, I think I can do this thing where I can like glamour myself to look different. Yeah. So they're doing this thing where... Which I always thought was a a cool part of the movie. It was, yeah. Where they're all sitting together. And then, like, Sarah's doing this little spell or whatever. And she's like, and so it be. And then she's like, my eyes are brown now. They're usually green. And then Nancy's like, well, you can normally do that with contacts. Like, whatever. And be like, okay, you want want me to do something else? Like, okay, fine. So then she does this thing where she turns her hair from brown to blonde. And so she uses a similar trick. And then they're like, oh my god, like it worked, like that's so cool. So they touch the hair and they're like, oh my god, it's real. And then they're just like, oh my god, like Rochelle's like, make me a blonde. And she's like, no, we're not doing that. And then like Nancy says something like, do me next, do me next. And she's like, what do you want? And she's like, I want a smaller ass <laughs> or whatever. So you yeah, see that they're. Like shakes the shakes the hair out and then it goes back it to does, her normal yeah, color. Yeah, and it goes back to her normal color. So it was like, okay, that's kind of fun. And this is showing the friendship that they seem to have. And then after this, it goes a little south. So then we're seeing this. And then Nancy, though, begins to... Things are just not going well. We see that, okay, the love spell worked. But now Chris is obsessed with Sarah. Right. To the point where he's at her house at three in the morning. And calling her, trying to get with her. Her dad has to, like, shine a light on him and be like, go away. It's, like, in the morning. She's even, like... He's like, I want to move in with you and whatever. She's like, I don't want to commit like that. So there's that. And then, you know, you have that kind of thing going on. But even before that, a little bit, I believe that Nancy is like, hey, let's do this thing called Invoking the Spirit. So they go to the the, the magic shop with Lirio and they're like, Lirio is even like, you know, you, the, you must be very advanced. Like, this is very dangerous to do. She's like, a girl, I know what I'm doing. Like, I can do this. Right. She actually has money to put She actually has money to pay for it. Things she wants. Exactly. So they're like, all right, cool, whatever. So then, but I think you do get a little bit of that going on where you see that Chris is really interested in Sarah. So you see a little bit of that before the invocation mm-hmm. of the spirit. But then they go to this beach. This is also another iconic scene where each one of them has an animal. I believe Rochelle has a fish. Bonnie has a butterfly. Sarah has a bird. And Nancy has a snake. Again, more snakes in this movie. Mm-hmm. But anyway, so they are invoking the spirit, which means they're sitting around this beach. This is where Sarah then talks about how she used to have these nightmares where she would have snakes and bugs all around her and they wouldn't go away. Like, before she would kill herself. Like, before she attempted to kill herself, she'd see these things. Um, so, we're like, okay, got it. 
So then, like, Nancy's talking about how serpents are, like, really powerful beings. They need to be respected. And then she even says, like, aren't you powerful? <laughs> you know, it's, yeah. Whatever. Be like, all right, I guess we better move on. And so they invoke the spirit where each one of them is a different corner. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know, remember which corner they all are. Uh, I believe that Sarah is Earth. I believe. I believe Rochelle's air. Nancy's fire. And then... uh Bonnie might be water, I think, or something like that. And we'll get into why we know she's fire in a minute. But anyway, so we have that. They invoke the spirit. Um, they're all like hailing up to, you know, and they're, we then find out it's May apparently because she says on this May's Eve. So okay. it's May apparently. But even during this scene, apparently in real life, there was some shit going on because apparently the lighting that they had like went out the waves that were coming up were not intended to come up that far. So even the people who were there were like, oh my God, there was some shit going on when they were doing this shit, (laughs) which is kind of crazy to think. But anyway, so that's really interesting. But you have all that going on. And then you see that Nancy, who is like doing this whole thing, she's even saying, fill me, Manal, fill me. And she gets like struck by lightning. Yeah. (laughs) And then all the girls are just like slept on the beach because that's what they were doing. So they all wake up, respectively. They see that Nancy is walking out of the ocean, just on water. Because why not? And you say, you hear her say, like, he's in me. Like, I feel him through my veins. And this is always just like, oh, my God. Like, but they're kind of like, even like Sarah's just looking like, what the hell? Like, what is going on here? Then we see the scene with the dead sharks and stuff. This is fucking Nancy going off the deep end at this point now that she has invoked the spirit she's fucking crazy now so like she says these are my gifts i'm your daughter now like she's just all over the top of it cuckoo Cuckoo. like she is just going on with this she then becomes she has no empathy for anybody she is engaging in these risky behaviors because she's now the main bitch now this is, I believe, where we do have one of the scenes where after this all happens, because she's just, it's, it seems crazy at this point. This is when they're driving in her new car. They're driving through the streets of LA. And each time they go to a stoplight, because at some point, I think, like, I think these might actually happen beforehand, but, like, each one of the girls is starting to see, like, you know, okay, Bonnie has just become really self-centered, uh, which she wasn't like that because, before. Um, her, her getting rid of her scars. scars. I believe there's also another point where we see Rochelle is in the shower and she sees Laura Lizzie has really lost her hair. Yeah. And this is a fucking eye roll because, like, Laura Lizzie's all like, you know, it just keeps falling out. Like, I don't know what to do to deserve this. Yet you were racist, bitch. That's why you're losing your hair. Right. And you deserve it. But we'll get to you in a minute, girl. We'll get to you. Um, but, you know, it's just that. This is also, I think, where we also have Sarah. This is before this other thing happens. But this, I think, is where, like, Chris shows up at three in the morning. And we start to see, like, okay, he's a little too interested in me yeah. and all this. So we see that it's starting to pick up a little bit. And then the Invocation of the Spirit, this is where, you know, Nancy's gone off the deep end. And I believe there is this point where they're driving through the streets of L.A., like I was saying... And she's glamoring the stoplights to go green and they're not red anymore. And Sarah is saying like, you know, listen, like this thing's going on with Chris. Like, I think it's getting a little out of hand. And this is also, I think, 
Actually, no, wait, I do think this happens beforehand. The whole thing with Chris happens before they go to the magic shop because even she asks Lario, like, you know, I, um, I need to undo a love spell. And she's like, you can't undo a love spell. You have to let it run its course. But yeah, but there is this point where like Sarah's like, I think we're going a little too far, y'all. Like, this is just not cool. This is too much. Bonnie, you used to be so nice. You know, now you're a bitch. bitch. Like, Rochelle, like, you know, Laura Lizzie's hair is falling out. Nancy, like, you're paranoid. And she's like, paranoid? I'm not paranoid. What are you talking about? And then she says something about, like, you know, well, you know, the, the, the light all won't always be green, Nancy. Like, you know, you can't do that. And she's like, oh, you scared, Sarah? Are you scared? And then they almost literally get into a car accident. Right. She's like, what the fuck? And this is just like Sarah being like, okay. I need to do something about this. I, I can't be staying around here. But then we get to that in a little bit because then we have the scene of, um, I think Chris calls Sarah and is like, I need to see you. Like, let's do dinner or something. Right. right. And so then, like, okay, fine. Let's right. do it. So then again, all this other stuff had already happened. Um, you know, Nancy's living her like new life. Bonnie's living her new life. Rochelle saw, you know, the racist bitch's hair fall out. And then Sarah and Chris get together. And this is where I feel, I don't feel too conflicted about it, but I do want to talk a little bit about it. So they're in the car. They're in Chris's car. Mm -hmm. You can tell that he doesn't think. He even says, I, it's so weird. I just, I, one day I woke up and I just wanted to see you and I just wanted to be there. And you can see he has no thoughts of his own at this point. Cause everything she even says something and she's all like, he's all like, I was thinking that too. So he has no thoughts of his own really. And she's just like, fuck, like this is getting out of hand. And she even says like, are we supposed to be at some restaurant? Like what the hell's like, going on? Dinner is, yeah. Yeah. Where dinner is. And he's like, like we're no. not just getting burgers and like, right. in the car. Like I thought we were going on like, a date. Yeah. Right. And so he's like, no, but I feel so then she's like, you know, he's like, oh, let me give you a back rub. She's like, I don't want a back rub. This is coming back to what you were saying a little earlier. Right. Like, she's saying, I don't want you touching me. I don't want you doing anything. And he just doesn't seem to get it. Yeah. And so he then, quote, he roughs her up a little bit. He tries to attempt to rape her. You don't see her actually get yeah, raped. Yeah, like, she, he's trying to do the back rub. And she's like, get off of me. Like, I don't want it. Like, he's- yeah. She's, but then she like, get, she's leaves like the in car. The passenger seat. Yeah, he's in the driver, and and she's like pushing him off. Like he's yeah. like not on top of her, but he's like next to her. Yes, she's pushing him away, and then she was like, "Like I need to like go. Leave. I gotta go. You know, like this is his car, or whatever. I need to like run, run away. And, yeah, like get away from him. And then like so she like because they're like oh, it's weird. Like they're at like a like a point, like a point, and then like there's a hill up. Yeah, there like she runs up, or she's which is what L A. kind of looks like right. in these parts. I guess I'm not really familiar. I don't know. So she's like starting to run. He's like running after her. He's like, "Hey, come back here!" You know. Yeah, yeah. Which is like fucking scary. It's scary. So he doesn't actually like sexually assault yeah, like, her, so she goes like anything. He but he her, is like, really creepy. He's, he's a guy, so of course he's gonna like overpower yes. her. And he, she, or she, like I think she's trying to run up, and she either like slips or whatever. Mm-hmm. He grabs her, and but we like, see her running away. Yeah, you see that like she. I just want to touch on this. Like you see that yeah. he he has her in a position where he yeah. could do something to her. And um, and he kicks know, her in the he she, she kicks like, him in the balls. Him. I think. Well, there's a point which are, we kind of they do say in the next like couple minutes when she gets to mm-hmm. which runs off. Mm-hmm. You know she she's on the ground and she's looking up at him and she, he just looks like 
It's not even him. It really isn't. Yeah, she doesn't like, mention it that. Doesn't look like maybe almost like a demon. Like not de- like he, not like his he eyes doesn't have anything or, behind his eyes. Right. Like it's not like there's like an actual monster, but it's yeah. like it was just nothing there. And you know, you see, do you see that like he, you know, is probably trying to like undo his pants. You know, and yeah, he really do that. Yeah, because he has like her hands kind of like bound. Yeah, and it's like you know, watching that when you're younger. I mean, you know, you know, it's not good, but like watching that when you're a little bit. Uh, older you're kind of wow like he was like Mm. he was about to do something he was trying to like do something that she was like clearly not like okay with so she's running through the woods she ended up picking him in the in the balls in the balls and was it he was oh you know and she was able to run off yeah she runs off and then she goes to rochelle's house um which apparently there was a deleted scene where we were supposed to see rochelle's parents uh, yeah, I read that. Yeah, but uh, and they were supposed to just be like, very drab and boring and yeah. whatever. So and she's got like sticks and like leaves in her hair from like yes. being on the ground. And this is where they say this is where she then says like face, yeah. yeah she then says she's like there like it wasn't even him it yeah. was like you know he had nothing behind his eyes all this and then Nancy's like where is he like there's a party night like, yeah she's like all disheveled looking she's all disheveled yeah. looking she has the iconic black suit thing she has like like, black dress black dress thing and all this kind of stuff so you're just like okay and she's just like i'm gonna deal with this and she's like no nancy like you don't need to let it be she's like no we're gonna do this so she then goes she walks up to the party which apparently is at uh the guy trey's house yeah so like he she walks up there being a bad bitch and and everybody's like you know like like, yeah they're like oh like nancy's here nancy's here and so they do that. We then, the girls don't come until later, but we see that Nancy takes Chris, who's already kind of drunk, and he t- she takes him upstairs. Yeah, because he thinks that Sarah's with you. He's like, is Sarah with you? Yeah, Sarah with you, yeah. He knows that they're And be like, oh no, like, just come upstairs with me. And then this is her saying, like, you know, we've had some good times together, da da da. And she is seducing him. Yeah, trying she, to, yeah. Trying to. And we see a fireplace in the background, which kind of is fun because then you have that she's the fire person. Oh, so there's okay. that kind of a thing. And then, um, but Chris says, like, I don't, you know, want right, to be like with He you. knows that she's Nancy. And he, he's like, she knows. Fuck off, yeah. yeah. He, fuck off. Like, go away. Push like, her away. Yeah. Push her away. And she's crying. She's just like, she's, <laughs> he's drunk. He's drinking. He's drunk. Yeah. So he, all that's going on. And then he, she then, takes her hands and runs them across her face and she then glamours herself to look like Sarah. Yeah. She still has Nancy's voice, but Sarah look. And so she's like, make love to me, Chris. Well, actually, no, because <laughs> well, no, 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 I don't want to say it like that, but like she does that. Like she's like rocking on the floor for like a few like, yeah, yeah, a couple yeah. seconds. And she does that and then he's drunk, so he's like, he's like she was just on? in here like I'm like, what the hell am I seeing? Like am I seeing yeah. this so it, he she does look like Sarah, but like she does say a few words, and it's not Nancy's voice. Oh, okay, yeah, you're right. It's in Sarah's voice. Yeah, at first it was in her voice, but yeah, you're right. It I don't think it's true. something that Sarah would actually have said, yeah. but it's Sarah's voice, not Nancy's. exactly. You're right. like, what the fuck? But then, of course, he's like looking at her, like, like wait a minute, what? what? Like that? I'm just, like, I'm fucked. Yeah, I'm. Yeah, yeah he's like, just like, wait, what the I'm fuck? I'm hammered. Yeah. Yeah. So then, um, the girls. So you. But see then he's the, okay with it because it's. Yeah, Sarah, it's yeah. Sarah, and then he's making out with her and all this and stuff. she's telling him, like, I want you make to love to me, yeah. da-da-da, they're kissing, she, like, licks his face, and, like, it's a whole thing. Yeah, yeah, like, like, yeah. The girls then show up in a taxi, because they're like, okay, she doesn't need to like, be we here, need to be, yeah. we need to do something. Like, yeah, so Sarah goes upstairs, actual Sarah. actual Sarah goes upstairs, Rochelle and Bonnie are just downstairs, and this is where we have Laura Lizzie come up to Rochelle, being, hey, how are you, in her terrible wig, Yeah, you deserve it, bitch, but... I feel like something was cut by this point because you can almost tell it was. 
because we really don't get much else of like we don't have Laura say much else right. about this whole situation. I feel like maybe they did. And they just kind of cut yeah. it. But then you see Sarah has gone upstairs. She goes in the room. And they're like, oh, okay. So now we see that Chris and Nancy are in bed together. Nancy is turned back into Nanny. Sarah is like, okay, what's going on here? And then Chris is just like, wait, what the fuck is going on? At this point, he had like, like she was, was laying down. Yeah. And like he was, and like she was like that. And then. And only a few minutes has passed, too. Yeah. Right and then like, so he was just like making out in the bedroom. Yeah. So and like five like, minutes went by because yeah, we see like, the, the she time. She comes in and she's like, hey, look what's going on. And yeah. then like he sees that it's Nancy. Yeah. And then this scares him. Yeah. And he's just like, wait, what's going on? What is this? And then um, this is when Nancy's like kind of saying like, you know, she's saying like, you know, why that's why I'm here to forget and make you forget about her. And be like, you know, she's a witch too, you know. The only reason you're in love with her is because she put a spell on you. Right. Sad but true. That's why I'm here to help you forget about her. And then Sarah's just like, you know, listen, Nancy, like, thank you. You scared the shit out of him. Let's go. And then she's just like, you know, Nancy's like, no, he has to pay. Yeah. You know, and this is an iconic scene, of course. Yeah. But even Chris is just like, well, you're just jealous. And then Nancy's just like, jealous? You don't even exist to me. You know, and this is where you have the whole you don't even exist. You see that Nancy is on her pointed toes and yeah, her boots like are like levitating. And she is like, before. yeah. And so Sarah's probably just, like, scared out of her mind. She's like, what the fuck's going on? And he, and she's all saying, you know, Nancy's saying all, like, you know, um, you treat women like whores when you're the whore, and that's going to stop. Like, do yeah. you understand what I'm saying? Do you understand? Yeah. And all he can say to this is just, I'm sorry. And then this is where you have the whole thing of, oh, he's sorry. He's sorry. He's sorry. Right. He's sorry. He's like sorry. He's sorry. Sorry, my ass. And then you see Sarah scream like, no. And then Nancy is just screaming. And the window opens because he's in front of a window. And he falls back. He then falls and dies by falling out of the window. Yeah. And you hear this You can see screaming. that, like, he fell out and then it was like that. And then he just fell out kind of like. Mm-hmm. Kind of tur- flipped again. Yeah. And then he kind of went like, er. yeah. yeah. And you hear the scream in the back. Yeah. And then Sarah's just like, oh, fucking fuck. Like, this is, I didn't mean for this to happen. Right. Because then we go right into the scene with her dad, um, where he's just like, it was an accident. He fell. And she's just like, don't touch me. Like, everything I do turns to shit. Everything yeah. I touch turns to shit. Like, you know, whatever. And so she's just like, this is bad. Yeah. This is very bad. Um, and so his dad, her dad's just like, okay, whatever, fine, you know. Now, what I will say, though, is that, um, with this, I will say right here, right now, we already made it a point that, like, Laura Lizzie's a piece of shit, Mm -hmm. who's racist and deserved to have her hair fall out. Okay. So, that's one thing. There's, she doesn't have much of a redeeming quality, uh, in this, so there's that. And I don't want to make light, I'm not making light, but... I don't want to forgive Chris because he's a piece of shit. Yeah. Generally. He himself is a piece of shit who already before he was under a spell was a piece of shit. Okay. So, but I don't think he deserved to die. Obviously. Because even though he was a piece of shit beforehand and he was already being a piece of shit to Sarah, you still were trying to fuck with him. You still were like, I'm going to put a love spell on you. I still like you for God knows whatever reason. Yeah. And so then just how Lirio told you, 
this stuff comes back in threes. She did mention that when they were back at the store, all of this stuff comes back to you in threes. So just be aware of that, you know? And it's just like really, yeah. Anyway, so it's, it's really bad. That whole thing with the car either happens before the party or after the party. I don't remember which, but it's really showing that like, listen, like we've taught, we've gone too far. Like Laura's hair's fall out. Chris is dead. Like, this is really bad, y'all. Like, it's not good, okay? But Chris, I don't think, deserved to die. Because he was not... And I think that's what makes this... It makes it even more fucked up. Because he didn't know, at that point, what he was doing. I don't think. He knew what he was doing when he lied about Sarah and all that stuff. Right, he, he, he was being an asshole. But He was being an asshole. But he didn't know when he was, like, low-key stalking her... And, like, then almost assaulting her and all that. It makes it that much more fucked up because he didn't know what he was doing because he was put under a spell that you put on him. Right. So it's like, he's a piece of shit. He already was a piece of shit. But did he deserve to die? No. And that conflicts me a little bit because I'm like, he still was a piece of shit. So he didn't get to redeem. But in a way, I think that was something that he was, they was trying to have a redeem for him. Not really, but, like, kind of. Because it's like... If anything, I feel bad that Chris died in that way. Because right. I'm like, he shouldn't have died in that manner. Because, you know. But there had to be a movie. There had to be a conflict. So. But I did just want to say that. Do you have any thoughts about that or anything like that? So it's just, it's a fucked up situation. So yeah, like, girl, like, Sarah's just like, I gotta get out of this thing. She attempts to do a binding spell on Nancy to help her do not do harm to anybody. The car scene either already happened at this point, but... We see that the coven at this point has turned on Sarah um, because now they're just like, we don't need a fourth. They, you know, she's in, she's at school, she's in the bathroom and she's hiding away. But then like the girls find her, they say, you know, she's just like, Sarah's just like, I, I need to, I, I can't do this anymore, you guys. Like it's gotten out of hand and we need to stop. And that's when they're like, well, we don't need a fourth, do we girls? Like, no, no, we don't. And so this is also before that scene, we have the scene where Sarah's in bed and she's looking at her double doors in her room and then the double doors open and the girls fly in and they're like kind of messing with her or whatever and and all this. But then we have the scene in the bathroom where like they say like, you know, hey, like that's fine if you want to be out of the coven, but like, you know just so you know like don't do any more spells on me because nancy knew you she tried to do you tried to do a spell on her yeah and she was like and in the olden days she was like if a witch tried to leave their cousin cousin coven they would you know they yeah would, they, they betray their coven, they betray would, their coven yeah, yeah yeah and so that whole thing is then rochelle has something of like you know sweet dreams sarah you know bye and then even uh bonnie's like how are you sleeping and then you can tell you're like oh maybe that wasn't a dream that was real right or whatever so you're just like okay dude like it's gotten out of hand and sarah's like oh god like this has gotten out of hand this is really bad so then at some point it's just gotten really really fucking crazy and she's just like i need to get some help so she goes to lirio she's like listen i know i don't know you very well and i get it but like these girls are after me it's these girls i came in with before Mm -hmm. you know the one like invoked the spirit she's out of her mind now like you know you gotta help me i don't know who else to turn to she can't turn to her parents she can't turn to anybody else it's just really crazy lirio's then like you know listen like here's what this is 
she takes her to the back room finally, which is like where she can invoke this, and that's where she's about to do it at. Because hey, I think she tells her Lirio. Lirio, she sees. She said she sees like light in her, like light, yeah, like not not darkness, not darkness. She sees light. Yeah, and this is where she says like you're a natural witch, like you are somebody that this already came kind of natural to because what you need to do is you need to pretty much invoke the spirit that's what yeah. you have to do and that's what she tells her and then she tells her that her mom was a witch exactly right that's how she found that out she's like it came from your mom like all this but even like you know she's all like sarah's like well it turned nancy crazy and that's when lirio says like you know she takes it to a dark place you wouldn't yeah. oh you invoked it just i thought about just 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 thought about this yeah so remember i was telling you about the jersey Oh, Jersey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Sorry, I just almost like, forgot about that. So, the 86, so it's like, you know, when, so when you 86 something. Uh-huh, you kill it. You kill it, or it's like, like that was like, it was saying like that was a foreshadowing. Oh, okay. Fate that he was, he was wearing number 86, and like. I'll know, buy it. Yeah. Yeah. So I was like, oh, okay, so that's what. Oh, okay, fine. But yeah, so, um, but Lirio is like, you have to invoke the spirit at this point, because. But she says, like, you won't turn dark. It's not going to happen. It's so, happen, and let me do this. Let's do it. So she takes her in the back. She lights these candles all at once. And she's like, okay, I guess, like, whatever, fine. Right. And gives her a book, I think, of how to do it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then you see that, like, the storefront actually bursts kind of into fake flames, I guess. But, like, you know, they're following me. They're here. Like, right. oh, shit. So we're starting to wrap up on the film a little bit at this point. But she runs out of the shop. Mm-hmm. She then runs back home. And she's just like, oh, God, oh, God, all right. So now Lirio's out of the story at this point. But she's run back home. She's trying to find her family because she's just like, okay, like, you know, hey, Dad, Jenny, like, where are you? And so she's just looking around her big old ass house. And so then she sees there's an open phone book or something that's on uh, there. And then the... Uh, <laughs> talk about phone books. I talk about phone books. Uh, this is where you had all the phone numbers, everybody. And this is where you would try to find a number that you could call on your landline. People that were not familiar <laughs> with phone books, they are things that would have people's numbers in them. If, if you were in the phone book... Uh-huh. You could ask Snoppy, though. You could... Yeah, you could ask Snoppy. But if you... They had, like, businesses, and then it had, yeah. like, I don't know what they used to call, like, the, you know, if, like, R and phone numbers in, the, in there. Like, yeah. it would have, like, the last name, so it'd be alphabetical order, and then it would have the phone number, and then, like, and then obviously it was businesses. So it's, it was good, like, if you know, oh, I need, like, a cleaning service, or right, right, right. I want to get food, or, mm-hmm. you know, I need <laughs> air conditioning, you know, so that is what a phone book was for. You would, so a phone book is This is before, you know, Google and exactly. all that, like, you would go, oh, and then you go to C, like, cleaning, mm-hmm. or A, for air conditioning, yeah, yeah, yeah. and you'd look, and you'd see all these businesses and their phone number and all that, so. Exactly, you know. yeah. But anyway, so you have that, and then, um, exactly. But then somebody calls her. Gotta shout out to these 90s I know, right? things that have. But, uh, yeah, so somebody calls her, it's Nancy. And Nancy's like, you know, hey, like, um, you know, there's been an accident. Like, um, sorry to hear about this. And so then the news turns on. Turns on, yeah. And she sees that, because there was something written about a flight and whatever. Mm-hmm. And she says, like, they went back. They thought she ran away back to San Francisco, but there's been an accident. So she sees that apparently this flight got, it was crashed between L.A. to San Francisco. And that would have been the flight that they would have been on with no survivors. So she's just like, oh, God, oh, God, Jesus Christ. So she, like, drops down on the ground in, like, the, the crisscross position, and she's just, like, rocking back and forth. Yeah. The lights all turn off. And it's just like, oh, Jesus, Lord in heaven. And then this is where 
you get the dark part because there was already dark parts of it anyway but this is what i very much remember as a kid she then starts to see she starts to try to leave her house and this is where she starts to see all of the snakes you then the maggots bugs cockroaches rats which apparently uh so robin tani was fine with doing this thing with like actual animals and actual insects and gross things whatever but she really hated rats so when you see that the rat is on her shoulder that's actually a stand um because she was like i'm not doing that everything else i'll do i'll blame her and so but this is where like the snakes are all outside maggots they're all like around her house she goes to her bathroom, like the, like there's scorpions coming out of the fucking sink. There's like maggots in the fucking toilet. Like it's a whole thing, dude. There's rats, like all of this. And it harkens back to before she had tried to kill herself, she would see these things. Right. And they wouldn't go away. So then she's just like, Oh God, Oh God, it's not going away. It's not going away. All this. It's just like, that's what I remember. That was dark as fuck. Yeah. Cause when you're like, Oh shit. And fun fact, everybody, all of those things were, like, real. Like, literally, like, most of those, like, most of those bugs and all that stuff was all real. And they would just, like, procreate, as bugs do. And it was a whole thing. So, ooh, it was gross. She gets in the shower, and she's just like, make it stop, make it stop, make it stop. And then you see that Nancy's there. She's like, gotcha. And then you're like, okay, what are you doing here? This is where Nancy just doesn't give a shit what she says. She says, if I was as pathetic as you are, I would have killed myself ages ago. She like turns on the shower yeah. and like whatever. And then Sarah's just like, what the fuck is going on here? So then she goes downstairs. She sees Nancy, Rochelle, and Bonnie. And they're talking about like, you know, what are you doing here? Whatever, whatever. They're talking about how, like, you know, here, because, you know, it's time to go, Sarah. It's time. You're going to kill yourself tonight. She's like, no, I'm not. No, I'm not. And be like, well, you know, you'd have every right to do it. I mean, you killed Chris. And you killed your mom. You killed your mom when you were coming out of her. Now that, I couldn't even sink that low. So bravo. And it's like fucking Sarah up, because she already has right. issues to deal with. So, like, oh, it's just, it's very sad. And then, you know... Her parents apparently are now dead. So you're just like, Jesus Christ almighty. Like, what is going on here? And they're like fucking floating. And then they like, now is the end. Let her go in peace. Now is the end. Let her go in peace. I believe they do a thing where Nancy does it, where it's like, what happened to your scars, Sarah? And she reopens her scars. And she's like, it's not real. It's not real. And then she's like, well, why are you still bleeding? She's like bleeding. There's like a suicide note that says, I killed Chris. I'm sorry. But I didn't write that. And be like, same hammering's the same. And so they're just, and even Rochelle says something like, you know, why didn't she use magic on us? And then Nancy's like, weak mm-hmm. and all this. And it, she even says like, oh God, you're so disgusting, you know, and they're like, run, run up to your room, you know, run up. And she's just like, and so then Sarah again plops down on her room um, in the floor. She's just like, oh God, it's because she had to get a thing to like for her wrist because yeah. she's bleeding. And she's just like, oh, God, what do I do? Like, what, what the hell? Like, and so she's, like, on the floor of her room. And she then sees the picture that she had in the beginning uh, where it's her, her mom. And her mom's picture starts to move. 
And yeah, because it's, it's like she's by trees. And she's by trees, and they start to move and everything. And, like that, yeah. and it's like you have the power; you've and always like, had it. Yeah, and like her mom, like she's like kind of like looking off in the distance, and she kind of like mm-hmm. looks. Yeah. yeah. So then this gives her the chance to like invoke the spirit. So she's laying on the ground of her room, and she's like, okay, and she's just like starting to do the chant of like. Um, hail to the powers of the Watchtower of the North and all this stuff to invoke the spirit like they were earlier. Right. So she's able to do that and you see that. In the meantime, you see that the uh, three girls are downstairs. So Nancy's looking out the window and then Bonnie Rochelle, she says like, go upstairs or I'll slit your throat. Um, you know, check on her, see what's going on. Yeah. And so then uh, you see that Bonnie and Rochelle walk by a mirror and they see their stuff times three back to them. Right. So you see that Rochelle has, like, her hairs fall out, and then Bonnie has, like, a Freddy Krueger fucking like on the burn face, it's like on the face. Like, yeah. yeah. So then they're like, oh, not again. Like, you can't do this. And this scares them enough. So then you're like, okay, like, I'm going to run out. And yeah. be like, where are you going? What are you doing? Where are you going? And so then uh, Nancy just has to walk up there herself now. And then this is still her trying to invoke the spirit, all that kind of stuff. Nancy's like, Sarah, Sarah, you know, she's like looking for her being like, where the hell are you? Like, where are you at? Like, cause she, by this point she's thinking like, all right, I killed her. Like, great. This is awesome. And then you see that Sarah has actually put herself inside of a mirror and now walks out of the mirror. Yeah. And it scares uh, Nancy. She's like, and she's like, did I frighten you, Nancy? I'm sorry. And then she's like, what are you doing here? Why aren't you dead? And then she's like, you saved me, Nancy. And, you know, I talked to him and you're in deep shit. You know, you've, you abused the power that he gave you and you're, you have, you're in deep shit pretty much. And so then you see that like bugs start to be in like Nancy's hair. And then you see that like these fucking 90 ass special effects, uh, her hands turn into the snakes and like her mouth is filled with bugs and like all this stuff going on, of course. And Sarah's just like, relax. It's only magic. So she's putting it back on her because Nancy did the same thing to her. So she's doing the same right. thing to Nancy. Um, and then Nancy's all like, I'm sorry, Sarah. Like it got a little out of hand. Like, sorry. Like I'm sorry. Cause now she's just backtracking and wanting to backtrack. Right. And so now it's like, okay, like, you know, this is when now Sarah's finally able to do the binding spell on Nancy where she's like, I bind you, Nancy, from doing harm to yourself and harm to others and all this. But Nancy's like, wait, like, wait. And then this is where, like, Nancy gets her knife that she has and she's, like, mm-hmm. trying to kill Sarah. She's just like, I'll kill you, kill you, you stuff. And this also was nominated for a fight on the MTV Movie Awards. Was it really? It was. Uh, I don't think it won. Maybe it did. I don't remember. But it was. And anyway, so... They're fighting, and then um, something happens where I think Sarah or somebody, all of her, like, because there's all these papers flying around and everything like that, and then there's, like, this um, dresser that moves, and it, like, almost, it pretty much squishes Sarah, I guess. Yeah, or so it would look. It's sort it would look. And so then she's like, okay, where are you? Like, Sarah, you know, Nancy's like, where are you? And she's, like, picking up the papers, and she's moving things and all this kind of shit. And then she's just like, okay, tricky, tricky, tricky. Like, you know, she's trying to look for her. And then she ends up uh, finding Sarah, who had made herself invisible. She then reappears. And then she kicks Nancy, pretty much. Where she kicks her, where she goes all the way. They did win Best Fight. Oh, look at that. They won Best Fight. There you go. <laughs> for Rosa Bog versus Robin Pine the Craft. And 
1997 MTV Movie Awards. Yes, we did talk about that in our uh, Curl and Tench episode, I think. But anyway, looking at that, um, <laughs> best fight. Yep, it was a uh, Matthew Broderick. Jim Carrey, The Cable Guy, okay. Jim Brown versus Alien, Mars Attacks, uh-huh. Jackie Chan versus Ladder, Police Story 4, First Strike, Pamela Anderson, Lee, when she was married to Tommy yes. Lee, versus Bad Guy, which I don't know any of those. I do remember Cable Guy. <laughs> it was it in Barbed Wire. Barbed Wire. Yes. Um, but, yes, they actually did one. That's fight. fun. I there love that. Go. Good for her. But anyway, so, yeah, she kicks Nancy into this mirror, and she then is able to bind her. So she yeah. then's like, I buy you. It did show, I don't know, I'm sorry, I was trying to look that up. It had like her, like, outfit. Mm-hmm, yeah, her outfit where she, she made herself invisible and, and then she, she kicked her, yeah. kicks her and all that. And then Nancy's just on the ground and it's all done. And she's like, I bind you, Nancy, from doing harm to others and the harm to yourself right. and all this. She's like, no. And fun little fact, that was supposed to be the end of the movie. It really? was supposed to end there. Wow. Yep. Okay. But then they were like, oh, no, it's too dark. Because at that point, you're like, okay, so Bonnie Rochelle ran. We don't know what happened to Nancy. And then we also assume that, like, Sarah has no parents anymore, I guess. So right, we're just like, like shit. Right. Apparently it was supposed to be the end. So then they do have this little coda at the end where we see that they're packing up. So Sarah and her family are packing up to move because they're just like, we got to move from here. Yeah, we're, um, we're leaving. I think we're leaving. I think we're going to go somewhere else. But Sarah's packing up the car and then Bonnie and Rochelle come back. This is probably a few months after they shot, perhaps. This is a reshoot, more unlikely. And so then they're just like, you know, how are you doing, Sarah? Like, how are you? How are you? And she's like, I'm fine. But now, you know, I can sleep. So that's good. And then they're like, you it's know. Very, like, passive aggressive. It's passive aggressive. But, like, she kind of deserves oh, to be yeah. passive aggressive a little bit. Yeah, sure. And she's all like, they're all like, you know, do you, um, you know the whole thing with, like, you know the whole thing with the plane crash? Because they see her dad. Be like, hey, girls. Hey, Mr. Bailey. Like, you know, that whole thing was just, like, a practical joke, you know? And it's not funny. Yeah. Um, and be like, do you do you have any more powers? Because we don't. And she's just like, no, whatever, I don't know. And be like, well, we should get together sometime. Be like, call, you know, uh, hold your breath until I call. It'll be fine. And then they kind of snidely say under their breath, they're like, she probably doesn't even have powers anymore anyway. Right. And then we see that she does still have powers because she makes a tree branch, a large tree branch from one of the trees she fall. She takes the nature and, like, it's all very windy. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah. yeah, she, her stuff's all, like, flying makes around. Them, makes them fall. Like, all the tree branch falls and then, like, it in front of them. Like, to, get, to get out of its way, they fall. Mm-hmm, yeah. And then the closing end line for Sarah is that, be careful, you don't want to end up like Nancy. And so then you see that Nancy is in a uh, mental institution. She is like chained to the, not chained, but she's drained to this bed. And she, and then this nurse comes in and like pokes her with a needle. She's like, ow, ow. Um, And she's like, um, she's like, the nurse says some sort of comment or whatever. But she's like, I'm flying. Like, I'm flying. Yeah. And then that's how it ends. And she's like, has scratches all on her face. And you just see that. Nancy has turned into this, like, kind of, uh, you know, she's just turned into this, like, mentally ill person or crazy pilot. Uh, and that is the end of The Craft. So, yeah, that is the end. Um, so like I said with this film, it definitely has a cult following, people who watched it when they were young. 
I think it's fair to say that however you thought of it when you were young, be a little different if you watch it when you're a little older. Right. <laughs> uh, because this isn't a story about sisterhood. It's very much toxic and really bad. But, you know, Sarah lives in the end, which is good. And, you know, everyone, except for Chris, I guess, lives in the end generally. But, you know, it's like, I can see why people liked it because, you know, this is a, a story about these girls very much, you know, in the vein of something like a Clueless or a Jawbreaker or whatever you want to call it, you know, where it's female-led uh, with the cast and everything. And it's about these girls who have strong personalities. Um, like I said, I see why there are people who like to watch this during the spooky time of the year or or whatever else. But, yeah, overall, it's it's a perfect... I do give this movie a little bit of credit for being something original. Um, it is crazy how literally you were talking earlier that, like, this and Scream came out the same year, had two of the same actors in it. Yeah. Um, and it's an original story. And, and it has been something that it got a horrible remake sequel or whatever. But it also has been, um, you know, it's been referenced in different things and in different shows. And even in, uh, we talked about it on Clueless, but Do Revenge even has like the witches of the school, yeah. which I thought was uh, obviously targeting back to to the craft so I, I think this movie is at least worth a watch once maybe yeah. <laughs> if you love this movie no hate but you know for me i'm like it's a three for me it's a three out of five perhaps you know and uh right now at least um generally you can find it so it's on hbo and amc plus right now we are recording this early but generally it makes the rounds it's been on tubi before so you maybe find it there depending on when you're listening to this it makes the rounds during spooky season, I think, too. Yeah. So, like, they'll have it on there. I would even say rent it, like, once if you've never seen it. You know, like, that would be something. I don't know if I'd buy the blue of this necessarily, but maybe I would. Just to have it in my collection. But, yeah. But, yeah, Sarah, do you have any uh, fun little closing remarks, like Jerry Springer or anything? <laughs> you know he had his closing <laughs> stuff. No, no, I don't. Yeah, I mean, I think this movie is, I can see why people like it, I can see why people enjoy it, you know, it has its flaws, it did do some cool stuff in there too, but generally, you know, it's not, you know, it's not a movie I'm like going up for all the time, but it's something that's worth a watch at least, but Sarah, I do want to thank you so much for being on my pod, you know, we've been recording for however long now, but you know, I, oh, it's always, it was always a delight and always wonderful, and uh, thank you so much for coming on today, I guess blessed be everybody. Blessed be. As always, if you'd like to get in touch with me, you can do so at cultcinemacircle at gmail.com. In case you want to give any movie recommendations, give feedback on the show, or if you just want to say, hey, I'm open to all of it. You can also follow the Cult Cinema Circle podcast on Instagram and Twitter. Instagram handle is Cult Cinema Circle, and Twitter handle is Cult Cine Circle. On those platforms, I tend to announce the different episodes I'm going to be doing. I'll make little Instagram stories when we have an episode drop and just generally interact with anybody on there that wants to interact with me. You can also follow me on Letterboxd at Jesse, J-E-S-S-E, Kremp, K-R-E-M-P, all one word. On there, I log the movies that I watch and write little reviews about them and just general foolishness over there. Be sure to rate, comment, and subscribe to the Cult Cinema Circle podcast on your podcatcher of choice, whether that be Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Audible, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm pretty much out there everywhere. Be sure to leave five stars and a one to two sentence review so we can grow the audience more and also just spread the love all around.
Be sure to tune in next week to the Cult Cinema Circle podcast, where I'll be covering 1997's The Fifth Element. In 2257, a taxi driver is unintentionally given the task of saving a young girl who is part of the key that will ensure the survival of humanity. As always, thank you for taking the time to listen to the Cult Cinema Circle podcast. And remember, we are the weirdos, mister. Take care. Bye.